0: Happy New Year one and all. Welcome to the first Sports Block podcast of 2022. Nathan stacking alongside you here uh, as well as my friend and co-host Travis Crins. Travis, let me among the let me be among the last to wish you a happy New Year and a Merry Christmas.
1: You may be among the first to wish me happy New
0: Year. Oh, for next year. Yes, and and let me be among the first to wish you a Merry Christmas 2022. Oh. Yeah. Did you have I've a good holiday? i for
1: twelve days for the most part. What was that? I've been off of work for almost twelve days. Well, that's
0: pretty good. I know you had to call a couple of games last week. Did you enjoy your yeah. time off? How you, how were your holidays?
1: Good. I worked a uh, day before Christmas Eve. That was what the twenty third. Mm hmm. Had a couple of basketball games after Christmas last week. I was fine. So. Went to Iowa, went to Hartford, came back. It's been very cold out. It has. A little bit of snow. So it's, uh, winter's here. Uh, It's cold out and uh, ready to go.
0: Did you ring in the new year by watching some awful college football playoff semifinals?
1: Yes, I did. Marcus invited Marcus over. Watched the first game, wasn't great. It was better than the second game, which was worse than the first game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's, there's two clear teams, so we'll play next week, and hopefully it's it's better than the first time they played. Which yes. it,
0: it better get you. And hopefully it's Georgia winning it all. This is the national championship game that I had predicted at the beginning of the season. Uh, was it the, the one that you had as well? I can't remember.
1: I don't know. I had those teams in the playoff.
0: Uh, I don't know. Regardless, that's where we're going to start this week in this new year here, off talking about college football and specifically dumbasses like Danny Connell, who I think is just making an audition for Fox News with some of his awful takes about and and I guess we can lump in Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard into this um, this stew that they created this kettle I mean it's just it's so bad what they said the next day and i get it from a standpoint what if you didn't watch college game day or you didn't see the highlight or anything like that here's essentially what they said Kirk Herbstreit says that this generation of player doesn't love college football as much and especially if it's not a playoff game and Desmond Howard kind of said the same thing it's like you know we got we played in lots of bowl games and stuff like meaningless bowl games yada 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 and i think it can be, you can have this argument both ways, but you, you can't come out and just say the player doesn't love the game of football as much because the game of college football has changed drastically in the last decade or, or two uh, in terms of the recruiting, in terms of the billions of dollars now that college football is generating on an annual basis. So to Danny Cannell, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard. And Kirk Herbstreet, I like him and I like Desmond Howard. I like College Game Day. I think Danny Cannell's just stupid as all get out. But to all three of them, I wish you all a happy new year and to all shut the hell up.
1: Yeah. Like these players, they can play or not. It's up to them. There's no, I mean, the bowl season and it has just been awful this year. Just terrible. Rose Bowl was by far the best game we got. It was an uh, epic Rose Bowl. Very good Rose Bowl. Tennessee and Purdue was pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Tennessee got um, hosed.
1: I haven't seen much of any of these games. I like the Rose Bowl, though. he in play or not, uh, the old Miss quarterback got hurt. Doesn't seem to be all that serious, I don't think. I haven't heard anything. But you um, will be a first-round pick. Kenny Pickett for Pitt didn't play. Uh, it's fine. He's a first-round pick. There was no need for him to play in the Peach Bowl. Right. Um... There's no reason to play in these games. They don't mean anything when you can
0: just make bowl games up like they did this year. They just made a game up So yes, two things to play yeah. in Frisco,
1: Texas. They don't mean anything yeah. anymore. So, want to play and risk injury? Go ahead. That's all what happened with the oldest quarterback. Uh, if not, like don't don't play in these games. There's no reason to. There's nothing special about these games. Uh, some of them have been around for a while. There's nothing special about the Fiesta Bowl. What's, what's special about the Fiesta Bowl? Nothing. Yeah,
0: It used to be one of the bigger bowl games, and now oh. it just kind of goes into the rotation of the college football playoff. It's like all the, you know, like,
1: Peach Bowl, whatever, you know, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl. Like, what's, what's special about the Orange Bowl? When it's not in a playoff year, it's usually not a very good game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to play, if you're going to be a, a highly drafted player, why, like, why would you play in that game, though? Why would you risk serious injury. Why would you risk anything like that when there's millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars out there? Mm -hmm. Why, why would you do that? I, I, like the decisions up to them, but I would lean towards not playing, uh, more than more than plain. It's, there's there's no upside to plain, and there's a big downside to plain.
0: Yep. And I love that Danny Canal, uh, and Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard got a taste of their own medicine right with the Matt Corral injury. Like the, these these arguments are being made the day of that of the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl, and then you know, mere you know, twelve hours later after Kirk and Desmond make their comments and and Danny kept spouting off throughout the week even on Sunday too. He just kept going off and off. I mean, he just he's just done that way. But near 12 hours after the comments by Kirk and Desmond, Matt Corral gets injured, ole miss quarterback. Uh he was on crutches and hopefully it isn't all that serious, but there is that potential. I think if if you're a player and you want to play in the bowl game, Go for it. You know, if you're a, you know, if you're projected to be a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick, and you think that playing in a bowl game will help elevate your draft stock potentially, by all means, do it. You know, sometimes the brighter the stage, the the you know the better performance that you have, and that can help elevate your draft stock by playing in some of these bowl games. But if you're a borderline first round pick, second round pick, and you're playing in the, you know, the the. You know, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl or, you know, the, the Cure Nation Bowl, the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. I mean, and you could risk that. What is, the, what is the point? And I can, I get from the standpoint that you want to be there for their teammates and whatnot, but look at all the coaches that have just up and left, like Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly and all these other guys. They, Where's the the chastising of these coaches for those decisions? You can't have it both ways. So if a player wants to play, I'm all for it. It does make bull it does make bull pick'em a little bit more difficult when you don't know for sure who is playing because it changes drastically how you look at a team's record. But I mean that's just mere merely for our entertainment. This for these guys, it is a business decision, and you don't want to have to risk Potentially twenty million dollars if you get if you suffer a serious injury like a Jalen Smith, the Notre Dame linebacker who played in the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago, and now I believe he is out of the league. I, he, he was with the Cowboys; they released him. He went to the Packers; they released him. I don't think he is re-signed with a team yet, and I mean he could still have a an NFL career about him, but his life forever changed because he played in the Fiesta Bowl. And if he he wanted to play in there, that's fine. That's his decision. But if some players don't, like I say, who have a first or second round grade, if if you have a third round grade and you don't want to risk it, that's fine. But I think you could help perhaps elevate your draft stock a little bit by playing. But it's their decision. And college football has become all about the money grab by these universities and all the conference realignment and the television deals. So it's really hard to chastise and criticize the players when the universities and the coaches can do all of this shit and come away without the same amount of criticism.
1: I think uh, Scott Van Pelt, he tweeted out the question of like, when is it okay for these guys not to play? like when, when they're not, like when they're eliminated from the playoffs, or when they can't win the conference title, like for the oldest Miss quarterback, was should he have skipped the Egg Bowl at the end of the year against Mississippi State? They're so probably their biggest game of the year, against their rival. Game didn't mean anything as far as standings or anything, so and if he would have skipped it, I would have been fine with that, because it, it, it didn't, it did not mean anything. The game against their big rival, but as far as standings and uh, where you're going to go, it, it didn't mean anything, when I lose, so Yep. Well, I, I don't, I don't know who the first big star was. I don't, know who I don't know who it was to do this. Feels like it happened not that long ago. With it
0: Christian McCaffrey, maybe.
1: Yeah, probably. It was probably. It wasn't ten years ago. Probably closer to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was probably him. Man, uh, and we've seen it more and more.
0: And uh, oh well, I do think some of the. Issues with the, the regular season argument, though, is that you don't have as much on tape. And I think then that becomes a point where I th- we saw this with the NFL draft this past year uh, with with COVID and whatnot. You know, you you have some teams who are going to be reaching high on players who, who they haven't seen play in over a year. And some have panned out, some haven't. So I think the more tape you have on you is good. I mean, that's why you want to see it in the regular season. But I mean for a meaningless postseason game and I can't say that it's completely meaningless not for the school but or you know the maybe the collective team because why are you playing college football if you don't want to try and win as many games and get to the postseason? like that's that's a point in this as well. but if you are a star player and you are playing in the quick lane bowl and it bears nothing like for you can't make any. You can't do anything more positive to help your draft stock, but if you get hurt, you could lose a significant amount of money. Then why play in it? I mean, it's, it's that's, I think, if you want to play, that's fine. If you don't want to, for monetary purposes, you know, because you're looking to make a business decision, just like Oklahoma and Texas made a business decision to leave, just like Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly made business decisions to leave their schools, then that's that's fine you I think you could have this argument both ways but it's for the Danny Canells of the world who say oh look at these guys just walking out on their team and then not it's just it's stupid
1: an easy way to prevent all of this and something that's gonna happen we feel is a larger playoff yeah make these games at the end of the season mean something so if they go to the 12 team playoff yep Uh, You're going to have all these guys, all these Ohio State receivers, probably going to play in those games. I guarantee they'd play in those games. Yeah. Because they'd still be in the uh, national championship. So, really don't see this at any other level, because they've got playoffs, and all the best players and all the best teams play these games because uh, they're still playing for something. They're playing for a national title. So, when this happens in a couple years, uh, this will prevent this. Kenny Pickett will play for Pitt if they make the playoffs, and... Uh, all these other people will so expand the playoff, and uh, this problem will go away for the most part.
0: Yep, I agree with that. And also, I believe, I think maybe you brought this up, or I saw the argument on on Twitter. Why have such a big gap in between these games? You know, maybe maybe shorten the amount of time between the playoff game and these and these bowl games. I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: there, there was a month off what Ohio State played before Thanksgiving, didn't they?
0: Yes, they did. I mean... Well, gosh, no, no, it, it, it. it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, right after. So they, they had five weeks off. They had what, over 30 days off. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35 days off between games. Fit um, these games in. Everybody else figures out a playoff. Uh, do it. Do it here. Yeah. Um, They won't. They they, they won't do this. We can get rid of conference title games. I don't need to see those. Um, Get rid of those. Use that weekend for the first round of the playoffs, or skip that week. Give them a bye somewhere. But uh, get these games in before Christmas because you you, you can fit in two weeks of games before January first.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then you could still you could spread the bowl game season out a little bit more if you want, or if, if not, that that's fine, but you might see more opt out. So, yeah, it's, I, I just, I understand the old-school mindset of, oh, you know, we played in this, you know, and you want the players to play, and, you know, now they're just thinking about the money, but if you're going to say that argument, you have to acknowledge how much the game of college football has changed and how... They, that there's more money involved from the uni, that the that the universities are making, and now with name, image, and likeness, and you, know, you have more money potentially for first-round picks and and whatnot, and all these marketing deals, because the game has changed, the landscape of college football and the NFL has changed in recent years. You have to acknowledge that and say this unfortunately is changing or you have to criticize the coaches in the universities for the moves that they are making as well. You have to apply equal criticism to every decision made.
1: There's a movie that came out like a month ago. It was a big flop. Didn't make any money about... Have you seen this previews of this movie? of The,
0: the Last Duel?
1: No, but the... whatever it is, it's... But the college football, it's in the national championship game, like oh, the Star the yes. Boycott or whatever it was. I
0: did see that. I, I actually just saw a preview for it that it was uh, available on demand as, like, championship or something. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of this movie.
1: Yeah, it, it, it made, like, literally like $300,000 the first week in, uh, in the theaters. And it did be inter- interesting to watch, but it's... National championship game, and it's the star player saying he's going to sit out or mm-hmm. boycott, We're trying to get the whole team. To, I guess to boycott the national championship game or whatever, yeah. uh, in exchange for for something. So, um, interesting movie, interesting way to look at it. But yeah, that's a big movie, interesting idea, but it was a complete flop. Yes.
0: Going to the play on the field, Alabama beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a couple of golden opportunities, I thought, to make this an interesting game. You know, they had, what, first and goal early in the game after Alabama scored a touchdown, only got a field goal. They got an interception. I believe they were trailing 17-6 to at the time in the third quarter. Got an interception at midfield, promptly lost like 15 yards, and that was pretty much the end of it. But they still gave... Uh, Alabama more of a of an effort or more of a game than what we've seen from other teams like Oklahoma or even Notre Dame in recent years so I thought Cincinnati held themselves fairly well for the most part they just didn't capitalize on the couple of opportunities that Alabama gave them that could have changed this game around and then Georgia came in on a mission, they were ticked after they lost as badly as they did to Alabama, and they trounced Michigan. Maybe Michigan was just happy to be there, I don't know, but Georgia was by far the better team, and like I said, they are on a mission, and that mission now is dead set on Indianapolis and a rematch with Alabama in the national championship game, which should be good, and one that I think Georgia can win, um, but... This was an absolute demolition by Georgia over Michigan and overall another year of bad semifinal playoff football.
1: People want to go they want to get rid of the playoff or go back to the BCS or like expanding the playoff, do that, that will happen. But yeah, uh, games have not been good. Um, but if you go to go back to the old system, we would have had Alabama and Michigan play.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz
1: Michigan is number 2. Yeah. Wow. Couple years ago, you had, L- uh, had LSU and Ohio State in the national title game instead of LSU and Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we had another Alabama Clemson game instead of uh, Clemson Ohio State. Last year, uh, so uh, it, it would have been different. Um, the Alabama Georgia title game from uh, four years ago. Now mm-hmm. well, they were number three and number four that year. You would add Clemson and Oklahoma. They were number one, number two. So. Uh, number one, number two has only happened, uh, I guess, three times. Three times in eight years. And this year it's number one and number three. So, Georgia, I mean, this this is their year. If they can't do it, I mean, the, the Dodgers, yep. Gonzaga, the Packers, we'll talk about them, the Packers. Yep. You have to win. You have to win. And we'll see what happens. So far, the team that team that's been good for a long time has not one. And, uh, Alabama, whether this be the eighth title for Nick Saban, Something they like
0: played that, all, yeah. they played already. Mm-hmm. Alabama being pretty good. Georgia's still a two and a half
1: point favorites. So I'll pick Alabama. I mean, it's, I you know it's Georgia can't beat them. They just cannot beat them. And you know, they came very close a couple years ago. Um, Until they do it, I'm not going to pick
0: Georgia until they do it. You stole the words right out. Until they actually do it. I I mean, I think they can do it, but I can't pick them until it happens. The weather forecast, by the way, for Indianapolis, and this is a shame because that's where the national championship game is going to be played, and I really wish it was just frigid cold there for this game because you have two southern fan bases that have to travel up north for the national championship game right now. It's 26 degrees, west northwest winds at 11 miles an hour. That's not terrible, but it's certainly oh. uh, a lot colder than what these uh, than what folks in Tuscaloosa and Athens normally deal with. So the game is played in inside in a dome, so that's not a huge deal either. But I do I would just like to see the fan bases freeze and not know what the hell to do in weather like that.
1: Anything below like 50. And they're just, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yep. Well, no, yeah, 26, that's, they'll be freezing their nuts off.
0: uh Yes, they will. um anyth- I know you said you hadn't watched a lot of the bowl game action this year, but anything else of note grab your attention, really, from last week? Um, Rose Bowl was great. Yes. And I
1: thought, I-, I picked Utah, that was the big I did very bad in the pick him this year, and I needed I needed Utah to win. I that did, too. Like I,
0: picked, I, picked, I picked Utah as well. January 1st was not a good day for me for the points.
1: No. And uh, Old Miss-Baylor was a terrible game. Very disappointing game right there. Uh, Kentucky-Iowa, that was all right for an Iowa game. Mm-hmm. Good to see them lose. That's always good. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, Arkansas won, so good for Arkansas. So... Like yeah, for me, I didn't kind of wait till January first to get anything that I cared about. Uh, I was busy some of the time, and um, Oklahoma State, one which I was disappointed in because I hate Oklahoma State. Yes. Um, Oklahoma beat the shit out of Oregon, two of my favorite teams. Yes. Uh, big old Mayo Bowl. North Carolina shit the bed something fierce.
0: Yes, they did.
1: I don't know what a top ten team finishes six and seven. Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, that's not good.
1: And you got the big Mayo dump at the end, so that was good. Um,
0: I think it's always uh, something to, to try and keep in mind, and I, I should I should look at it every year as such, but yet I don't. Um, SEC constantly fails in the early bowl games don't pick them for early bowl games they just suck they they, they don't do well they don't care you, you have to pick them starting maybe you know, after christmas though that's where you really or the week of new year's that's where you really have to start picking them because they just suck or otherwise just new year's day in the playoff that's the that's when you need to take sec teams um number of bowl games that are getting canceled i talked to to Charlie about this last week, and I mean, we had six canceled this year, the Hawaii Bowl, uh, the the Holiday Bowl, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, which no one really cares about. Uh, you had Miami pull out. We had the Fenway Bowl canceled for a second consecutive year. As I mentioned, the Holiday Bowl, the Military Bowl. We Granted, we got a, a far greater share of bowl games this year than we did last year, when many were canceled because of COVID, but we still had six canceled this year because of COVID concerns. And some weren't canceled until hours before kickoff or the day before, once these teams have already arrived. I think there's got to be a better format for this. Is it uh, antiquated uh, COVID protocols? It, It just seems to me that... If you know that there are some issues going on in your program, why would you have a team like Memphis have, and their fan base fly all the way out to Hawaii only to cancel the bowl game the day before? UCLA can't, uh, had issues and the game wasn't canceled until like six hours before kickoff. We have to I think there has to be a better way to cancel these games or just don't have so many freaking bowl games. I, I, there just has to be something that can be done because this was a... Or be able to move the teams around a little bit to be able to have like have three of the bowl games at least. If you know, a uh, good job on the Sun Bowl to get Central Michigan to play Washington State in a Sun Bowl for the ages. It was just awful, but Central Michigan wins. But they were supposed to play in the Arizona Bowl. Well, Boise State had COVID issues, so they had to back out. Now Central Michigan plays Washington State because Miami had COVID issues. I think more bowl games could have done that. I don't know why they didn't, but there has to be a better method, I think, in place here going forward. If we see more variants like what we're seeing right now with Omicron and if COVID is a consistent part of our lives here for the foreseeable future, I think we need either better protocols or something in place to make sure that we don't have as many of these cancellations or the cancellations happen better than, or earlier than less than 24 hours prior to kickoff.
1: Yeah, NBA has some trouble with COVID. Hockey's had trouble. Yep. There's different guidelines now. If you're vaccinated and you have COVID, you should be fine. I, you know, Um, I thought the end zone in the Sun Bowl was fucking atrocious.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Um, I, I, shouldn't paint be able to withstand rain?
1: Can't you fucking paint
0: over shit or start over? You had,
1: uh, what, a UTEP logo covered up by a Miami Hurricane logo covered up by a Central Michigan logo. And they
0: knew this, like, five days in advance. Yes, this was not all. The day
1: before, fuck, we got to, like, it takes a few hours, I would assume, to do an end zone, to do a paint job. Yeah. Uh, Paint it over, paint it green, paint it whatever, uh, paint over it. And erase the other uh, things because it looked absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that was uh, atrocious. Well, Gophers won, so good for them. Yeah. Um, anything else before that? Poop City, Central Florida beat Florida, so good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another bull season gone, gone, and uh, we got one more game tomorrow. Somehow. So.
0: Yep the the Texas Bowl. In Houston, between LSU and Kansas, I had LSU at first, but I think I might switch this over to Kansas State now. Um, So that's that. And, yeah, just to mention it again, the Rose Bowl, fantastic. Utah looked like they had this game won, but the second half, Ohio State's defense was great. And you get, you know, these wide receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, we know Marvin Harrison. We remember watching Marvin Harrison Senior, play at, in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. He was a great wide receiver. I mean, it was Harrison and Reggie Wayne. And to see his son just go off like that in that Smith and Jibway or Jibway, whatever his name is, he, he had three touchdowns. It was just fantastic. Utah's secondary was thin to begin with. They couldn't keep up at all. Yet Utah still had a chance to win, even though Cam Rising, their quarterback, got knocked out uh, and had to leave the game. They still had a chance. They just couldn't get it done, and that was disappointing to see because I thought Utah um, I thought Utah was going to win this game just because it was their first time there. They were going to be amped up for it. Oh. They, they wanted to to be there, uh, didn't know so much about Ohio State, and uh, I was really hoping Utah would prevail.
1: This was the biggest game Utah has ever played in, and this was just another game for Ohio State. Yes. So uh, some breaking news. Yes? Yes. Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams has entered the transfer portal. Ooh, but he could return. He might, he might come back. Or I would suspect he's probably going to go to USC.
0: You think he's going to go to USC? I mean, it sounds like you already got some uh, transfers over there. I'm well, surprised he... What? he's a true
1: freshman, so he has two years left, and USC's getting all these big recruits and they can sit all these freshmen here, here, so maybe he'll come back to Oklahoma, Uh, but I have to guess,
0: if he's leaving, he's leaving for USC. I'm surprised, though, that he played in the bowl game. Yeah. Like, if he was going to enter the transfer portal, I thought he would have done it prior to their game.
1: I think there were some guys that were that played in games that already announced I think they were gonna transfer, I think. Um, which is odd. hmm So yeah, we'll see where he lands. But um, I would guess I would guess USC would, would would probably be your favorite.
0: I would agree. I would agree. I would hope he would return to Oklahoma. But uh, Oklahoma. then again, Oklahoma this is what you get for going to the SEC. So that's just the shits. We really feel bad for you in Texas. Uh, no, we really don't. We really don't. Yep. The national championship game next week. Uh, that should be good between Alabama and Georgia. And we look forward, like I say, to that. Um, remember, uh, yeah.
1: As far as uh, next year's playoff, already. Um, uh, I think Alabama and Georgia. Um. That was the Alabama. Maybe Georgia. Like, Ohio State's going to make it again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of a dark horse. They haven't been there yet, but they've been pretty close. Uh, like what Baylor's doing, I think Baylor. Ooh, so, okay. They'll play off next year.
0: Okay. Um, if I were to... Geez, we're already doing this here. I, I like it. I'll go with Alabama and uh, Ohio State for sure, uh, especially if C.J. Stroud comes back. But you just see the the talent that they have at wide receiver with Marvin Harrison um, Jr. and stuff. I think that's, that's great. Uh, Penn State could be a real dark horse in this, I think, uh, because uh, Clifford's coming back. So that's uh, their quarterback. So that's something to watch. Uh, USC is going to be a couple of years away with Lincoln Riley, but they will do something. I, I mean, you might have to look at a school like Utah potentially. Um, what they did this year. You know, Kyle Whittingham has a very good program, so that's always something to watch. Uh, and then, you know, what the hell? Why not go with Notre Dame again? Uh, Notre Dame could uh, fit in there with Marcus Freeman and not? I have no idea what the Big Twelve is going to look like next year. I, I, I like the Baylor pick on your part. I think Dave Aranda's done a really good job there. But if I were to, I'll throw Utah in as the dark horse. I don't know what the what their situation looks like with guys leaving and and whatnot. But um, if I had to say a real dark horse, it would be USC. But I think Lincoln Riley needs a little bit of time. So I echo Utah, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Ohio State.
1: It is something you can almost discount the Pac-12 mm-hmm. it's been a long time since they've been there. And without Clemson, you can kind of discount the ACC.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe Clemson comes back, and, uh, but if it's not them, then...
0: Well, maybe it's Wake that? Forest. Sam Hartman, I think, is coming back,
1: yeah. right? So you got those two conferences, not likely to make it, so that opens up. I mean, the SEC... We're going to get two teams in, I would say more times than not. If this is the new normal of of these conferences getting in, and in the Big Twelve, what that's going to look like without Oklahoma in a couple years? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Uh, the Big Ten seems like they're pretty safe. You got the Big Ten in the uh, in the SEC. Yeah. You know? Other than that, you really got like one team in every conference, and if they don't make it, they're not going to have a team, right?
0: Right. I mean, Cincinnati, maybe that's one of the reasons why Luke Fickle stayed around. I think that, you know, Cincinnati's got a chance to be really good. I mean, they're going to be in the Big 12, so they're going to get the better recruits. Like, Cincinnati has some uh, potential staying power in the Big 12.
1: Can't win this game next year for Utah. Utah is that Florida.
0: Ooh. I think Utah wins that game. Utah at the beginning
1: of the year, Florida, so... Could be a good win. Could be. It uh, could be six and six. So is that is that
0: in Florida or is that like a, a neutral site game at Jerry World or in Atlanta?
1: It or... uh, goes at Florida. So okay. At the very least, a neutral site game. that says here at Florida. Okay. So. Uh, interesting for next year.
0: Yeah. So that is interesting for sure. Uh, college. Well, let's just stay in the college ranks here. I've had a difficult time getting into the. F- the swing of the college basketball season with all of their postponements and cancellations and whatnot. Uh, So I really haven't done a a real deep dive into any of this stuff, but the Minnesota Golden Gophers continue to impress. Michigan is a a bum or a bust in the Big Ten thus far. Uh, SDSU with a big win at Fargo uh, against North Dakota State last week. Uh, So that's big. So the Summit League play is, is well in hand, but uh, it's been difficult for me just with all the, the postponements and cancellations and whatnot, and that just seems like COVID's wreaking havoc on the, the world of college sports, especially college basketball, so it's been difficult to get into the swing of things as I would normally already have been uh, in prior seasons. Are, do you feel the same way? Yeah, i uh,
1: are getting into conference place. hopefully things get back to normal here. Uh, Baylor beat Iowa State the other day. That was uh, yes. They were both undefeated. Uh, Purdue's got Wisconsin tonight in the Big Ten, so that's a bigger game there. Uh, your Providence squad, I think we might even mentioned them last time out. Providence, yes. uh, looking pretty good. They've got one loss. Yep. Look like a uh, Big East contender, Providence. Yep. yep. Should be something different. Yes, yeah, Set- uh, Seton Hall
0: is looking up. good. Seton Hall is in the mix as well, along with Villanova and and whatnot. The the big uh, Xavier is good. So the Big East has some really good teams this year. Mm
1: -hmm. Xavier, yep. And um, you've got coming up uh, later in the week at LSU and Kentucky. Mm -hmm. LSU only got one loss, so we'll see how they do. Um, And team that I like, team we saw a couple years ago, uh, Albert. Yes. Auburn all of a looks like they're, they're a contender again.
0: So The SEC is loaded this year. The SEC is going to get a lot more teams in than the ACC. The ACC is very, very weak.
1: Hey, another team that made the, uh, I think it was last year, I think they made the Final Four last year, was Houston.
0: Yes, they did. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're, they're looking good again this year. Mm-hmm. So, kind of flying under the radar. But they have plenty of have uh, plenty of contenders out there, so. Uh, we will send uh, Noah Fidel not playing for whatever reason. Nobody knows.
0: Another. So, he's, he's, puppy. he's. Is he kind of like the Antonio Brown of the Jackrabbits?
1: I don't think so. Because um, what he, he sat out last month or whatever it was last year. Yep. Whatever it was. Um, mental health or whatever you want to call it. Yep. So I don't know what's going on. If it's a similar thing this time around, I don't know. But uh, with him, he's he's a big he's a big part. So yes, he is. Yep. Hopefully, him. hopefully he's back out there.
0: Yep. So. I would agree with that um, wholeheartedly. So yeah, that's uh, it's something to keep an eye on. But South Dakota State looking good thus far, and hopefully they can keep that up. A couple of mid majors or uh, smaller schools to keep an eye on as the as we get. As we inch closer to March, we are less you know we're two months away, but now with conference play and whatnot, a couple schools to keep an eye on. In the West Coast Conference, San Francisco, the Dons are looking really good. Yes, they have to play Gonzaga and St. Mary's, but if you can get a win against St. Mary's and BYU, I think that solidifies San Francisco, making it to the uh NCAA tournament. So we could potentially see four teams from the West Coast Conference. In the NCAA tournament this year, which is something to just which is, which is amazing. And then Wyoming, keep an eye on uh Big Laramie's uh alma mater, wow. Wyoming in the Mountain West. Uh, San Diego State's a little down this year, Colorado State, uh, they are the favorites, but you know, you have to watch out for them. Uh, maybe, San, you know, like I said, San Diego State, UNLV fine, Boise State fine, but Wyoming's 11 and 2, very quiet, but. They've put together a very good year so far. So two schools I'm keeping an eye on just to see now what we get from them in conference play as conference play begins, San Francisco and Wyoming.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Pac-12 has three really good teams. They don't got anybody else. Nope. Pac-12's pretty much capped at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCLA, Arizona, USC, they all might be top four seeds. Yep. But other than that, that would be it. So yep. only any other, any other pac 12s It's better than they've had. At least they've got three top ten teams right now. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean that, that's good.
0: Yeah, Oregon, monumental disappointment. Them and Michigan okay. are my two schools that are the biggest disappointments thus far in the college basketball season. So we'll, we will keep an eye on that stuff so as we turn to the NFL. Uh, or any other thoughts you had on the college basketball season so far? No, no. It's uh, some League tournament. I don't know if I'm gonna go. Yeah, I have to. I still have to reach out and see if I'm even uh working or if they need me. So,
1: I'm not feeling it. Uh, the next week I think is the next week's NCAA tournament, of course.
0: Yep.
1: Um, and it's the uh, high school tournament at Sioux Falls for Mitchell. So that's. I'll be there for that. Well, that's so convenient. You don't work. have to go I'll out to wrap At the casino in Larchwood, so that might be uh-huh. more of what I'm focusing on. And with the wedding, and we're going to go on our honeymoon right afterwards, we decided.
0: Okay.
1: And that's a two-week trip out west. So we're going to save days off for that instead of wasting a couple days on something like tournaments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we'll use all those days...
0: Or the honeymoon
1: vacation trip, uh huh. Oh, so, I don't know about the summer league. I don't,
0: I don't know. Yep. No, I, I'm with you. I. It's always fun when we go there and get together and whatnot. But it, you know, if they don't need me to work and stuff, then that like again, that's a couple of days you could save on vacation and whatnot. And the Jackrabbits constantly disappoint, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, it's a it's up in the air right now. Uh, but sounds like it's up in the air for both of us. Uh yeah. NFL, the Minnesota Vikings are done. They are eliminated from playoff contention after the 37 to 10 drumming they got from the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. It was especially atrocious because Sean Mannion was the quarterback and I don't fault Sean Mannion for what he did. And it really they had a they had something going on their first drive of the game. It was third down uh, Sean Mannion rolled out, he found Tyler Conklin wide open down the field he made the nice catch, they had the ball at like the 22 yard line, things were going good a late flake came in, they called Christian Darrisaw for an eligible man downfield, it really wasn't his fault, I think it was very very close I wouldn't have probably called it, but that stalled the drive and the Vikings really never got anything going after that but uh, based on what Twitter said uh, about the game that this team looks done like they're just ready to call it quits and fold which means Mike Zimmer's got to go we've mentioned that several times it sucks we really like Mike Zimmer but a new voice is needed and that new voice has to be I think either Eric Bieniemy or Kyle Shanahan if you can somehow land him uh it depends on what happens with Kirk Cousins and Cousins didn't play in this game because he tested positive for COVID and he's unvaccinated and we've already called we've called out the unvaccinated dumbasses uh, a lot so Cousins deserves his fair share of blame for this loss but I don't think the law, the Vikings would have necessarily won this game even with him uh, a lot of issues going on and it, it makes me think you know, I think this team has the potential to compete and make the playoffs, but they need some wholesale changes, and I think it starts with the head coach, and then we need to see about bringing Daniel Hunter back. I'd love to see it because if he's healthy, he's a great weapon on that defensive line, but you need to revamp the secondary. Uh, Adam Thielen needs to stay healthy. You need to maybe shore up the offensive line a little bit, but secondary and the defensive line are the main aspects, I think, of this team that are the most frustrating, and that's Zimmer's forte. That's his specialty. Uh, Again, injuries have certainly impacted them this season, and this could have been a special year if they had won all of those close games early on in the season, but just but the way it looked last night or on Sunday night, it you just need to go a different direction. Uh, so I'm curious to see where they will go. Again, he hasn't been fired yet, but that's been the talk. It sound It's. Uh, it's I, I'm cautiously optimistic for the Vikings, but I need to see what changes are what what changes they make before I can really get all on board.
1: He's been there seven years. He's missed the playoffs four times. That's too many. Yep. Is was very disappointed. Kelvin Mond didn't play.
0: Well, he played a little bit. He was two or three for five uh, yards.
1: Disappointed he didn't start. Um, I would have watched this game if he would have started. I would have cared about it. Just see where he's at, and yep. I don't think he's going to be any good. I don't think he's going to be their their next quarterback. Um, but Sean Mannion, I mean, Jesus Christ, like what the fuck? You know, he
0: did. did he throw a touchdown in this game? He, he, he didn't throw any picks. He threw one touchdown.
1: Okay, that's the first touchdown he's ever thrown. He's been yeah. in the fucking NFL for five years now. He had 70 attempts in five years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I saw somebody say how smart he is. It fucking sounded like he was talking about Christian Ponder. He, uh, he's got a
0: fireball for an arm. He's got a lot of firepower in that arm. He can throw 90 miles an hour.
1: That's why he's been a backup and never started a game. Um... So that was disappointing. And again, like uh, we saw it, Bears game next week going to be meaningless. But why don't you start the quarterback that you drafted in the third round?
0: Yeah, Zimmer's not inclined to do that.
1: And he's not inclined to do that. So why would you not start him as a – Treat it as an exhibition, a out whatever. So I don't know if Cousins, if he's going to be back in time or if he's going to get this start. Speaking of bowl games that are meaningless and why I play your guys, again, this is one of those situations where why would you not play a guy you drafted? Uh, Zimmer probably doesn't
0: like him. I want so. to see Justin Jefferson playing this game because I want to see him break the all-time record for most receptions by a wide receiver in his first two years. I think he's like seven away now. So I want to see that for him. Um, but I – honestly, now that the season's done – I don't want to see anyone really get injured. But I'm curious yeah, don't, play, don't play Cook, don't play Jefferson, Thielen, right. don't play any of these guys. Treat right. this
1: like a preseason game. I'm uh, don't play cousins, play anybody else.
0: I'm curious though if the Bears win, do they do the Vikings jump ahead of like do they jump ahead of the Vikings and finish second in the division and the Vikings third? Which would oh, help yeah, the Vikings... If need to lose,
1: give me a better draft pick, that's fine. I prefer they lose this yes. game than win
0: it. Yep, no, and, uh, but if it... I, like, I don't if, know. if it means that the Bears jump them for the second in the division, the Vikings are third, that's an easier schedule than hopefully for next year. There, there's, no, there's no positive to
1: winning. There's a lot of positives to lose this game. I, I, don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker is. If it's division record, they'd beat 3-3. Three and three. If it's conference record... They won't be five and seven, so I have no idea what the tiebreaker is if division and conference records are the same. I have uh, no idea.
0: I I just I would be curious to see because if right now the Vikings are slated to draft twelfth, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yep, but they could go as high as I think ten. I mean, you All have right, that 10 to pick. you have let's let, let me just look at this. Let's look at this right now here uh because washington plays the giants the giants are god awful they they are just the worst they their offense is absolutely atrocious it's abysmal so these are all the teams right now jacksonville's jacksonville and detroit are picking one two no one else can beat them it's just a matter of order here and the jaguars are going to lose to the Colts. so congratulations jacksonville you're going to get the number two overall seed here in um in the draft so that's great here are the others, the the teams though that that the Vikings can't grab. Okay, the Jets four and twelve. Nope, that ain't happening. Browns are seven and eight. Could be seven and nine. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, or maybe the Steelers go seven and eight. Who eight and one, and then we'll see what happens next week when they play the the Ravens. So that's that's a team in the mix here. The Texans and the Jaguars, they're both gone. They they both can't get it. The Broncos, 7-9 right now. So the Broncos have the same record as the Vikings. The Giants, they're done, but Washington plays the Giants. So I think Washington wins next week. They get to 7-10. If the Vikings lose, then they're 7-10. The Bears are 7-10. The Broncos play the Chiefs. I think the Broncos lose that game. They'll be 7-10. I'm not sure how that all pans out. The Falcons play the Saints. That's a rivalry game. They want to keep the Saints out of the playoffs. The Falcons are going to try and win that game. The Falcons win. They get to eight wins. The Vikings surpass them. So I think then the Vikings would be at least 11th. No worse than 11th. Uh, The Seahawks are 6-10. I think they lose to Arizona. So that's a a moot point. So at this point here, if the Falcons win and the Broncos lose and and Washington wins... You're going to have these number of teams at seven wins. You got the Jets, so that's one. Uh, I'm not even going to count the AFC North right now because I have no idea what the hell. The the Texans, the Jaguars, that's three. The Broncos, four. Washington, five. The Giants, six. Uh, Detroit, seven. The Bears with seven wins. I'll count them at eight. And the Seahawks, nine. So, potentially, the Vikings could be drafting 10th, I think, if if we see, if we look at how tiebreakers go and whatnot, dropping in to the top 10 would be great for a team that, quite frankly, is very close or was close this year to being a playoff team. I think can get back there with the right offensive minded guy. It can't be defense this year, it's got to be offense. You get some of these players back from injury. I think there's a Great deal of reason for optimism then, but there's a potential that the Vikings could be drafting top ten in the draft come May or April, whenever it is. That would be all right with me. You look at
1: uh, the two defensive ends, they're going to go 1-2. Yep. Right? Yep. So they'll go to a Detroit and Jacksonville. I We know that here in January. Uh, Houston, they need a quarterback very badly. Uh, so does Houston at number three, do they pick a guy? Maybe. Maybe. Uh the Jets, they're not gonna pick a quarterback. They should, but they're not. Uh the Giants, they need a quarterback.
0: They should pick a quarterback, are they? I don't think so. I think they're gonna stick uh, with Daniel Jones. Jesus Christ. Jesus Okay, so we got that. What if what if the what if the Vi- what if Deshaun Watson gets his uh ordeals settled and the Vikings trade Watson to... To, or trade for Watson and trade Cousins to Houston.
1: That'd be about as good as you could possibly get. That'd be great. Um, the Jets picked twice. They got the Seattle pick, I believe.
0: Yes, so, they do. Yep.
1: So Jets have got two top ten picks. Yep. Uh, Carolina should pick a quarterback. Should, yep. Giant, Giants and Jets are going to have two top ten picks, likely. Yep. And, uh, and Washington... Also needs a quarterback. So, and Atlanta needs a quarterback. So you've got Atlanta, Washington, Carolina. That's three teams. Four teams if you count Houston. Five if you count the Giants. So I'm thinking there's probably going to be three quarterbacks in the top ten.
0: Uh, this is a very quarterback weak class. So I don't think this is necessarily the the draft that the Vikings need to look at getting a quarterback. It's unfortunately, you know you're in the top ten this year. Maybe would be you know you'd be in a prime spot like you they were last year. If they had a top ten pick last year, you would have gotten a really good quarterback like say Mac Jones. I have seen a couple of mock drafts that have Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, 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 going to the Vikings. I don't want that, but because I think that, but you know I don't know what I don't know what the best route is. For this team. I think that's why it depends on who they get as the head coach and what the decision is made with regards to Kirk Cousins and who they keep on their team for next year. Are they gonna be able to keep Daniel Hunter? Are they gonna be able to keep Anthony Barr? Are those guys gone? What does this team look like? Because there's too many good pieces on this team for the Vikings to go into full rebuild mode. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, the division is up for grabs, and the Vikings are in prime position to take it. So I think there's so much up in the air at this point. Uh, it's just it's really difficult to, to try and navigate and think about what the Vikings should do apart from getting an offensive-minded head coach.
1: Doesn't look like there's many huge offensive linemen that pop out.
0: That center, top 10. Uh, that center from, um, oh uh, yes, Iowa. Uh, that's a potential.
1: Um, one draft I'm looking at. They've got the Vikings at 12 taking Jordan Davis.
0: Oh shit, yeah.
1: big son of a bitch from <laughs> Georgia. Yeah. So. yeah. That, that might be intriguing
0: but their secondary uh, is terrible right now the safety position I think is good is fine between Harrison Smith and you got cam Bynum there but they got to figure out the the, the corners because the corners are awful yeah, right now
1: yeah, Kyle Williams or Kyle Hamilton the safety for Notre Dame yep I mean that's
0: intriguing there yes it is yep P- pair him up Tyler I'd be right Linder, with
1: that Kyle Linderbaum from Iowa you could put him at center or guard yep so, yeah, you, you don't. I'd like another receiver. I'd always like another receiver, but you don't need a receiver. You don't need a running back. You know, quarterback, do you do that? But, yeah, uh, defensive line, offensive line, secondary seems to be uh, the three big needs. Uh, the, the punter for San Diego State. Have you heard of this guy?
0: I have not.
1: Oh, my God. The, Look him up.
0: Okay, let's see
1: here. San Diego State punter, Matt Ariazo. Um, I never. I said never, never take a kicker, specifically a place kicker. I might take this punter. I don't know where if third round. If that's too high for this guy, he's going to the draft. He set a record. He averaged 51 yards per punt this wow. year. Wow. Um, he had two punts of 80 yards or more. He had an 86-yard punt. Oh, my. 86 yards. And this isn't one that, like, you know, he kicked and it, you know, bounced 30 yards. So if you want to look at some YouTube clips of this guy. He's impressive. The ball comes off his leg at an extreme rate. I think he's also kicked uh, some PATs. So, um, he's by far the best kicker in this draft. I don't know how soon you're going to have to get this guy after. This guy seems abnormally good. So, the, the, the San Diego State punter. He's, he's one of the more intriguing guys for me in this draft. And he's a fucking punter.
0: So. Well, I mean, the, the Vikings, though, have a decent punter. And... Um, it seems like Greg Joseph has solidified the kicking position at least for now, right? I think we're, we're in agreement yeah. with that. The yeah. thing about this guy with the punting,
1: not maybe maybe he
0: kicks it too
1: far to where it's you know your your punt team's not able to get down there soon enough. I don't know
0: if that's a thing. Yeah, that's a potential. It, it wasn't great kicking uh, field goals. That's fine. It, you know, the Vikings have Greg Joseph.
1: Yeah, he was 18 of 28, but 6 from 50-plus. But uh, him punting, I'm very much intrigued uh, wherever this guy goes.
0: All right. Well, keep a, keep an eye out for a, a, a riser. Oh, right? see, see, what
1: see what your guy says about, uh, I believe he's leaving for the draft early. He's a junior.
0: Okay, yes, he is a junior. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if, if you can get, if you're putting up those numbers, you may as well. You, may, you have to.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, awesome. what's what's the point of seeing another year? Just gonna likely do just as well. So, Great. um I mean, we don't talk punters, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking at this one. He set up from the 12 yard line at Hawaii. He set up at the 12,
0: and he kicked it uh, to the one what, on the fly. How many How many yards in the air, though? All of it. Oh my! Holy cow! That's that's no, all that's of it was yards. in the air.
1: He sets up at the twelve,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's like, "Oh, it's gonna bounce 20, 30 yards." So he kicked this fucking ball. Wow! At the twelve, and it landed inside the five. So he kicked the ball literally eighty-five yards.
0: Wow! That is
1: or, yeah. Probably it's it's amazing. I'll send this to you. It's it's incredible. So, um. I mean that's a hell of a weapon to have. I mean you can be at the twelve yard line and the other team gets it at the at the twenty.
0: That's that's a hell of a weapon. It is absolutely. It could be. Well, yeah, it could be why San Diego State's offense was so bad because they're like, uh, eh, you know what? We don't need to try and go for it. We have this guy here who can uh, who can punt it down. So that that is rather remarkable. Uh, other big story from the NFL on Sunday was the bizarre situation. That took place at Giants Stadium uh, between the Bucks and or MetLife Stadium between the Bucks and the Jets. Antonio Brown in the middle of the third quarter just promptly took off his jersey, took off his undershirt, walked off the field half naked, half dressed into the locker room. Bruce Arians after the game saying he's done uh, as a Buck. He's no longer on the team. Come to find out, there's some reports out there that. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown didn't practice on Thursday or Friday, which I really wish I had known because I went to stuck him in my fantasy lineup, uh, because he had a hurt ankle, but he was deemed ready to play on the game day. Then he didn't want to go in because he said his ankle was hurting and Arian said, get in or someone on the coaching staff did and the argument ensued. And then they was like, okay, then just leave. And, and Brown did that. Uh, I, he's a piece of shit. He is a garbage human being, and everyone talking about oh we got to think about like his mental health or you know stuff. Okay, yeah, he got hit. I'm sure that's fine. He was a puke of a human being before. Then I don't like him whatsoever. Uh, I think he's just all about me. He's just a terrible teammate. Teammate. Uh, maybe there's something going on there with CTE or whatnot. But right now, I just think he's a, a garbage and. For him to do what he did, that's not great. I mean, he didn't even fly home with the team. He tried to get an Uber or something. Like, he's just all about me. And for him to, the antics there weren't great, so, but at the same time, uh, Bruce Arians needs to own this. He needs to accept this and needs to tell us what the hell happened because he was the guy who brought Brown in, probably at the request or uh, of Tom Brady. But he, he still brought him in, and he's like, "Oh, it's been a model citizen." He didn't, he didn't release Brown after the uh, the fake vaccination card scandal that resulted in Brown getting a three game suspension. But this is where you draw the line. It's like something else has to be going on here. But Arians can't just say, "I'm not talking about this after the game and stuff." I don't want to talk about the guys who did play and play. No, you were the guy who brought him in. You kept making excuses for him, and. Guess what? Now he's no longer on the team. We want to know why. So you better have some explanation here, buddy. Uh, and it's not because there, there's no excuse for it. Antonio Brown should never play in the NFL again. Hopefully he doesn't. I bet some dumb team is going to bring him no, in. No, he's done. He's got to be done. I, I would hope so. I I would really hope so. But Arians deserves a, a share of the blame here in this. The Bucks do as well. But for all these people saying, oh, he needs to get help, he needs to get help, Antonio Brown does not want help. He doesn't need help. He's just a bad person.
1: He's a mentally ill individual. <sighs> Very weird. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Um, he got many chances because he's good at football. Yes, he is. Yes, he was decent enough for Tampa Bay. Guess what? Number two receiver, number three receiver. <laughs> so He should be done um yeah the COVID thing should have been enough um with the Raiders that should have been enough they kept getting chance 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 so yeah he's he's got to be done nobody should be he's old enough now he's not productive enough to put up with this they continue to so yes he won a Super Bowl last year so he's done just uh weird dude weird uh weird dude
0: yeah I, I just, I, I don't like him at all. In fact, that was one of the main reasons why I didn't want Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl last year is because that meant he would get a ring. He's just an awful person. Just an awful person. He
1: got a chance to maybe win another one or at least uh, do some of the playoffs and he just goes crazy against the, against the Jets.
0: And he was a few catches or yards away from getting a million dollar incentive. I mean... Yeah, it
1: doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, he's... He's out of his it mind. Um, so I, it, I think you could point to that hit that Vontez perfect gave him, uh, in, since in that playoff game back in 2016. But at the same time, he was kind of a puke. I think before then. So he's just, he's just a diva. He's all about the drama, and he needs to go. The performance of the weekend goes to Jamar Chase. Bengals rookie wide receiver, 266 yards receiving and three scores. As the Bengals win the AFC North, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 34-31. Inexplicable decision by Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo for doing an all-out blitz on third and 27 with three minutes and change to go in the game and leaving Chase one-on-one with Javarius Ward. I mean, Chase had been... Killing whoever was guarding him throughout the entirety of the game. So, why won't you maybe double team him? Why won't you just let the Bengals try and pick up maybe 10, 15 yards? It's still going to be a difficult field goal, but you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Give him some time. No, they go all out. Chase catches it. First down. Bengals wind up winning, uh, kicking a field goal with no time remaining, uh, thanks uh, to some penalties after some weirdness on fourth down. But, terrible decision there by the Chiefs. But a wonderful performance by Chase. He is the real deal. And I think that performance probably solidified him as Rookie of the Year over, say, like a Creed Humphrey, the center for the Chiefs, or Mac Jones, uh, the quarterback for the Patriots. Uh,
1: Cincinnati's got a pretty good quarterback.
0: They do. He's on a tear right now.
1: Uh, he's playing well. Hopefully, he didn't get hurt too bad. Jamar um, Chase, he's, he's a Randy Moss type guy, which doesn't happen very often at all. Um, there hasn't been a Randy Moss since Randy Moss. So.
0: Maybe Justin Jefferson.
1: Very brand Him, too. Those would be top two guys right now. So uh, the Bengals, they might be a trendy pick come next week. Big win to beat the Chiefs. Um, playoffs are going to be interesting. Seems like it's, it's going to be any team. Mm-hmm. Can, can the Bengals make a run? Uh, uh, Chiefs are the favorite again. Uh, the Titans, I think they are a team that need a need a buy, and they get Derrick Henry back. You would think. Yep. So, how fresh is he after two two plus months off? He should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's interesting to see what happens. Colts were playing pretty well before they lost, and um, what Chargers? If they win, they'd be the seventh seed.
0: I think it's right? a win. I think it's a win and in scenario next week. Between them yeah. and the Raiders, the game is being played in Vegas. If if the Colts were to inexplicably lose to the Jaguars, which I don't see happening, yeah. then I think both teams are in. It's a matter of seeding wise, I think. But if the if the Colts win, which they should, then it comes down to that final that final um for the
1: seventh seed, and they'd likely play uh, the Chiefs, right? Yes. yes. So I mean, Chargers chiefs they beat them once, and another game was overtime. So that's that's probably as good as it's going to get.
0: Yep.
1: Wild card weekend: Chargers and Chiefs. So hopefully, hopefully the uh, Chargers win that one. Yeah. And at um, the Bengals, whoever they would play, maybe uh, New England, where they play them this week, don't they?
0: Yes. Yeah. If the uh, the, the, the Patriots, Austria, and, pa- Patriots and the Dolphins. Play the Bills play the Jets, so I mean you we could potentially have two divisional playoff games here, uh, or two two playoff games pitting you know division rivals against one another in the AFC. The opening weekend, Bills Patriots right now is the game that's marked down. I think that that's likely going to happen. Uh, I guess it depends on if the the Bengals beat the Browns in Cleveland next week. So that's a pivotal game for Cincinnati in that regard. Uh, but then you would have. Either the Chargers or the Raiders taking on the Chiefs, assuming that the Titans don't lose to the Texans, which I can't see happening, but it's a possibility. Right now, the uh, the Colts own the sixth seed, and they win the tiebreaker over L.A. based on the percentage in conference games uh, division initially uh, used to eliminate Vegas. Uh, right now, the Chargers own the tiebreaker over Vegas based on head-to-head and winning percentage, but that will change if the if the Raiders beat the Chargers next week, so again I gotta think that the Colts are gonna win this game, um, but against the lowly Jaguars. But it does it remains to be seen uh, kind of what goes on. And I think on the NFC side, I, I I think whoever makes it out of the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl because I think the NFC is just that much loaded. It provided that it's one of the top five. Team, maybe top four. Uh, though the Rams haven't looked all that great right now. But I think if Green Bay makes it out, it doesn't matter who you throw from the AFC at them. The, the Packers are going to annihilate them. Rodgers and Adams, it's just going to be too much. Uh, San Francisco, get Jimmy Garoppolo back. You get a bit of a running game going. That could be interesting. The Cowboys have that potential. I think the Buccaneers are just too too hurt right now by injuries. If you can get some of your defensive players back. if you, I mean, Godwin's not coming back, and now you've just lost Antonio Brown. So I think the Bucks have taken a step back. So really I'm looking at the the Packers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. I think they'll – and I guess the Rams as well. Um, so really I'm just negating the Bucs. So good job, Tampa Bay. You're probably going to go into Green Bay and win. I just think that NFC is so loaded I think they have the better teams over the like of the AFC. So I think whoever comes out of the NFC is winning the Super Bowl.
1: I like the AFC more. Bengals, Chiefs, if we get a rematch of
0: that in a couple weeks, that'd be great. Yeah, it would. How about that for the AFC championship game? There might be a 2-3 seed. Yep. Situation. Well, if, I'm saying, though, like if the, if the Chiefs go into Tennessee, I could see the Chiefs going into Tennessee, or the Bengals going into Tennessee and beating the Titans.
1: I think, I think... I think they might, but aren't they going to play each other, though? Two versus Chiefs at two, Bengals of three. True. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: you're right. Unless something happens there. And then Tennessee at one, they play, you know, Buffalo or New England. Uh, you know, Buffalo should have beat them the first time Monday night in Nashville. Um, New England, so, yeah. Titans, we'll see. Um, but, a- I mean, the NFC, I don't like any of these tips. Cardinals got a good win. They played like garbage. Yep. Cowboys, no. Buccaneers, you got Tom Brady, so I'll give them some benefits. The Rams have not looked good no, for a long time. They're 12-4. No. and four. Uh, Packers defense, not, not impressing the shit out of me. Um, lately. Um, They won a lot of close games. San Francisco is my preseason Super Bowl pick.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, Eagles, they're playing as well as anybody now. They haven't beat anybody. They haven't beat a goddamn team this year, but they're in the playoffs. Yep. So, and the Saints uh, Saints might sneak their way in, and they've been god-awful. All of these teams and the Vikings can't even fucking get in there, so... Can you, can I mean, you believe- if you get Rams Buccaneers in the divisional round, that'll be mm-hmm. exciting. Yep. You get, uh, you know, Cowboys Packers. People lose their shit over that. So, yep.
0: can you believe that the Eagles are going to have three first round picks next year? And they're, uh, they're the playoffs. Like they're this- smart.
1: I hey, was like, Jalen Hurts is has done well. Yep. And um, they made some good moves.
0: Yep. So Eagles are gonna be a very good team next year, and the Vikings have to go to Philly next year. So looking, we've h- got
1: what we've got the East, AFC East, NFC East next year. Yes. So. Yep. I mean Jets. I mean not not the not the most difficult to schedule. This, no, because there's a lot of a lot of bad teams in those two divisions.
0: It absolutely is, and that's why I want to know if the Vikings can, you know, land the. Th- I think it. It
1: depends. It's on, the di- it's the difference here between playing the Colts or the Texans next year.
0: That's a bit of a difference. That is a bit of a difference, absolutely. Also, though, on the NFC side, you could play the Saints if you're the if you're two, but maybe if the Falcons win, I think then the Falcons jump the the Saints. Yeah. For I would much rather play. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather play Atlanta. I would. I absolutely. I agree. Uh, and then I think I'd much rather play Arizona than I would San Francisco. So maybe yep, 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 yep. maybe it benefits the Vikings to be the two seed or the, the second best team and beat Chicago, oh. but then again you'd have to play the Colts versus the Texans. I I, I don't know that there's a lot that it, there's a lot that could could change, and that's provided that Atlanta beats um, New Orleans, which isn't a gimme, oh. but. We'll see a lot to a lot going on there. Uh, the NFL has set their uh, schedule for Week 18. We have a doubleheader on Saturday night. You have Chiefs Broncos Eagles, or Cowboys Eagles. Uh, I would assume Dallas and Kansas City win both those games because Philadelphia has nothing to play for, but Kansas and Kansas City and Dallas both do. So that's interesting. There uh, you got Chargers Raiders as the Sunday night game, and then we begin the great NFL playoffs the week after. So a lot of intriguing matchups there, and uh, we know who will be watching it from above, and that is the late, great John Madden, who passed away uh, last week rather unexpectedly. Even though he was 85, you knew this, this day was... One day coming. I shared some thoughts last week, but I just wonder what uh, what you thought of it when when it happened. Um, you know, did you play a lot of Madden growing up and just watching? He was just such a great guy. I think easily the most influential person on the NFL ever. I, I don't even know who would maybe be number two, but John Madden I think has to be number one. I didn't really like John Madden. You didn't? Okay.
1: I did not like it when him and all called the Vikings. I did not. Late 90s, early, I don't know. What I did that? not. Like, I don't like these guys. As a kid. Um, yeah, we're playing Madden, had Madden on Super Nintendo. Yes. Uh, on my computer. And on PlayStation. So I had Madden there, excellent game. I just watched that documentary It was Christmas day. I, we were in Iowa and I taped it
0: Yep.
1: and I watched it on Monday morning and then he died the next day. Yeah. I was doing a basketball game. We were in between games. We had a game between ours and I told the guy doing the game next to me about it. And he took it really hard. I told him, Hey, this is not good news. Gone mad and died. I thought he was going to cry. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, but it was cool at that documentary and that deal was out there and he got to see that so
0: mm-hmm. yep went around and uh, uh, watched it with the entire family and I guess uh, he asked each of his family members what their favorite part was after it got yeah. done i and you know what? I think he did rub some people the wrong way, but I also think. Well, he also he also loved Brett Favre, and I fucking there was no
1: yes. person on this earth I hated more than him. Yes. Yeah. Brett Favre, and he loved him, and um, so that 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 fit into it in too.
0: But I don't think it, it it can't be overstated his importance on the growth of the game of the popularity increase of football. You know, just between his colorful, you know, anal, you know analysis you know boom it just his overall personality between the video games and stuff he has created fans of the NFL for generations either through uh you know his broadcasting if you were a fan of the Raiders and stuff he, of course you you love John Madden because he beat the the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl 11 I think I said Super Bowl 6 last week I meant Super Bowl 11 so that's my bad there Super Bowl 11 he beats the Vikings so Raiders fans immediately are infatuated and love John Madden there regardless. But then you also – but then the video games. I mean, that's where you get a lot of fans with the video games. So he has an indelible um, imprint on – or fingerprint on the the way the game of football, uh, the game of the NFL has grown. And I don't think any of his accomplishments or any anything that he did – can be overstated just how big they were to the game of football. Yeah, he, I mean, he was a big. Even though I didn't care for him much, he was he was a big deal.
1: I feel like I feel like he didn't actually say anything when he was doing a game. He would just make all these noises. <laughs> like, like if you actually, I man, I should watch. I should watch, like, the Dallas uh, Vikings Thanksgiving Day game in 98. I, I, I should watch that.
0: Yeah.
1: Or maybe I don't want to watch the Falcons game, but no. another game they did where they won just to see, like, did he say anything? Did he say anything? That was, oh, that, you know, that was a pretty good point. So I, I should do that. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people liked him. He seemed like he would be fun to be around. Absolutely. And he really liked football, and he was a big star.
0: Loved football and food.
1: Food, uh, Yeah, 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 and he was a huge, uh, physically, a huge son of a bitch. mm -hmm. Uh, And he was 85, and usually people that big don't live that long. And what he was born in Austin, Minnesota.
0: He was, yep.
1: So he was close by, which is cool. Yep. So, and and, and you never know when when somebody dies what the reaction is going to be, and this was probably more than I expected, maybe. I mean, uh, I think his documentary got pretty good view. I think maybe 5 million people, mm-hmm. uh, pretty good viewership. Um, I think it, it maybe surprised me how big it was and how hard people took it. And we had not seen him in a long time nope. since he had retired. And he looked about the same. He mm-hmm. didn't sound quite the same. He sounded, you know, he wasn't quite as... Active, but he sounded about the same. He was 85 years old.
0: I think when he's when you're such a big part of your life, even if you don't know him, like you know, watching the games and yeah. obviously if you if you got Pat Summerall and John Madden, that was the biggest game of the week. Kind of like with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, or Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Yeah. That is the game of the week. You want that game because it means you are relevant. At least that's how I view it. You know, in the Madden games and stuff. Like he's such a big part of life. Uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna hit me hard when Bob Barker dies, just because oh, I, I, I love you know the Price is Right, and you know that was such a big part of my life growing up. And even yeah. though you expect it to come at some point, it's just that finality of yeah, he's no longer with us, and just the in, in his um, you know just his presence and what he did for Price is Right or game you know the game uh-huh. show television and stuff. I think that's. That's kind of like how it is with John Madden. Even though we didn't know him, he was still a part of our lives. You know, when watching football and wanting to, you know, you know, playing video games and whatnot. Like that's that's just who he was. And then we had other passing away, like Harry Reid, the the uh. Democratic senator from Nevada, died on the same day. Jeff Dickerson, for the Chicago Bears beat writer, ESPN he died of cancer is very tragic at the age of 44 and his wife had passed away. So their 11 year old son now doesn't have either of his parents. I mean, that's incredibly tragic and they've raised a lot of money for him. I think over a million dollars, which is great, but he died on the same day that John Madden did. And normally like ESPN would have devoted, I think a little bit more time, but then with John Madden going, it's like, Oh my gosh, like what, what happens here? Uh, then Friday, you know, we hear that Betty White died. Like, I think 2021 just oh, took, like, two of massive individuals that are, I would say, beloved by millions and universally. They're beloved, for the most part, universally, and took them, uh, like, we were looking at Betty White maybe hitting 100. And then Dan Reeves dies New Year's Day. And, then, you know, Dan Reeves, had coach of the Falcons and the Broncos, uh, he beat the Vikings, you know, in the '99 championship game, and uh, you know, like it, it's just a, a lot of big names died at the end of 2021, but none bigger than John Madden and Betty White.
1: Betty White was a big one. That was like at one o'clock, on, or about noon on New Year's Eve. I'm like, son of a bitch, that was a big one.
0: It is, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Bob Barker's ninety eight. So look out.
0: Yeah, I and I know he's coming too. But like even Alex Rebecca, I love Jeopardy and stuff. I mean, you just the, some of these guys that you don't would have never met just leave and an an impression on you and become such a part of yeah. your life and the fabric of your life. And I think that's why the John Madden, uh, him dying, even though he wasn't a part of it, it, it's just or like we didn't see him on TV anymore, but he's still a big reason why so many people love the NFL and continue to, you know, buy the video games and play that and stuff through EA Sports. Like, it's just a, it's a piece of your life that's gone. The thing about it is, they,
1: they're dead and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't seen Bob Barker since he quit the show, for right. the most part.
0: Right, but and I haven't, John man, watched watched the last it. game was the... I've watched The Price is Right maybe six times... Maybe since he's done, because I, I just Drew Carey, God bless him, doing the best he can. I can't watch it. It's just it's changed too much. I, Bob Barker was The Price Is Right. It's synonymous.
1: And we haven't seen John Man's last game was uh, the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl.
0: Yep, I rewatched that. That was when, a great game. I, I rewatched that when NFL Network aired it again, and that nice. was. That was great.
1: And that was that was a great game, great final game for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But since that, that was, what, 12 years ago? Yep. 10 years ago? Yep. And, and we haven't seen really John Madden sit. So they're dead, and they're gone. People are sad about it, but really when they're done with their public lives, they're done, and we don't mm-hmm. see them. Um, uh, the, the, this article here puts it well. It says, no figure had more influence on pro football. In pop culture than John Madden, so absolutely. I like that.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: They say I oh, was so influential in football. I say, yeah, pop culture football. People knew who John Madden was. Yes, he was maybe the most I don't know the most famous person associated with football.
0: Right, and that's why died? I think he. Yeah, uh, I, think I think that's why he's not. He's got to be number one. If you're going to make a Mount Rushmore of influential or like big, you know, the the people who famous. are the most important to. The NFL, John Madden has to be number one.
1: Quick trivia question, yep. I guess. Um, top 5 we'll go with, top five teams he broadcasts games for. Oh,
0: I, I saw this list, um, and now I have to try. I'm, I'm
1: more fascinated by the teams he barely did at all. Yeah.
0: Uh, a lot of them were like the AFC teams, like Kansas City and Cleveland and stuff, right? They're, they're at the bottom.
1: No, no. Yeah, yeah at the bottom, yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, Dallas had to be up there, number one. Yeah,
1: Dallas is number one, 142, considering he was on, I mean, he did all the NFC games. So, mm-hmm. who was good between 1980 and
0: 2010? Yep. Uh, the NFC. Giants, Giants are up there? Giants are second at 132. Uh, I'm trying to think now here. The Packers, Packers up there,
1: Packers would be number seven at ah. 67.
0: Okay, um, I'm surprised the Vikings were as high on the list as they were. Um, Vikings were 48, they were ninth. Yep, um, uh, the Eagles, Eagles up there.
1: Yep, Eagles are number five, 86. I guess that's surprising because they weren't all that great, right? Um, but they played all the teams that were good.
0: Yep. So. Uh then okay so I've got 3 of the top 5, right? Yep. Yep. Um, It's got to be both NFC teams, right? San Francisco? San Francisco. Okay, good. Um,
1: San Francisco's number 4, 89. And then uh Washington is number 3.
0: Number three. Okay, so the it's NFC just basically East. the NFC East in San Francisco. Yep. Okay. Uh, Detroit has to be up there high, don't they? Yeah, they're like 12th.
1: Okay. Um, if you would, have, if you take away all of their Thanksgiving games, I don't know how many they would have. Yeah. Because they've got 30, you did 30 games.
0: Yeah, probably wouldn't be that many, but.
1: Um, the first AFC team is Denver. Okay. So yeah, he did. He did three Cleveland games ever. Three. Well, uh, he he did three Buffalo Bills games. I mean, Bills are really good during that time period, but mm-hmm. he did three. You you'd think there'd be a, an NFC AFC crossover game where he would have done the Bills more than three times? He did Jacksonville four. Oh, That's amazing! He's... Amazing to me. He did. He did the the Ravens as much as the Bengals. Ravens seven, Bengals seven, Titans Oilers seven. Jacksonville, four. Buffalo and Cleveland, three. Crazy. Only did ten only did ten Dolphins games. He barely did any damn Marino games. After a lot of these here. But he did four uh, Jaguars Warriors games. Night Football or Monday Night Football.
0: He did four Jaguars games. That's incredible.
1: That's nuts. That's crazy. So... Not really cool. yeah, good, have, good list.
0: Who would he have even done... Like that would ha- They would have had to been on Sunday Night Football. So... It, or Monday Night Football, yeah. Well, so if... I'm guessing he did, one of the Jaguars games, I bet, had to have been the, the David Gerrard uh, game against Pittsburgh in the playoffs.
1: Potentially, probably. Um, one guy had an Excel file, I think, of every game he did, I think. Okay. I followed a new Twitter account here in the last week, uh, which is very impressive, the amount of random shit they have. Of, of, I think they have it here, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it'd be it'd be cool to look at those games like the brown what what Browns games did he do
0: right? Yeah, would it have been a Monday night? It would have had to been like a Monday night or a Sunday night game.
1: Damn, quirky quirky research. They've got eighty two hundred followers, so not a ton. Quirky um, or quirky? Quirky quirky with the Q. Quirky okay. research, and uh, the first thing they have they, they tweeted today. On this day, 1983, Vikings with the Cowboys at the Metrodome, uh, four days after the roof collapsed, uh, probably a big snowstorm, snow removal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: roof collapsed, and um, New Year's of 82, 83, New Year's of 83, and they got it up in time for this thing. So, stuff that I'm very interested in, things that are not um,
0: not known, I don't think. So. Right. Yep, uh just following him now. That's that's good. That's good stuff. Good stuff indeed. So yeah, the you know, thoughts and condolences of course with uh John Mann's family and you know, former, you know, players, and coaches, is. everything. He's yeah, he's enjoying John Ma- uh Pat Summerall and now you just have to wonder uh if Frank Caliendo will retire the voice. I would hope not. But
1: uh, here it is. Here it is. I found it. He did a he did a, a Browns Falcons game, nineteen eighty one, September of eighty one, with Vince oh Scully.
0: Oh my! Oh my! He,
1: and the next one he would do was twenty two years later, a Rams Browns Monday Night game in December. Okay. And then he did Steelers Browns, a Sunday Night game in September, Week Two. Steelers Browns, okay. It's J- Jacksonville, he did a Sunday night Jacksonville. Oh, a Sunday, a Sunday three fifteen game. Washington Jacksonville, <laughs> two thousand in October.
0: Huh. Oh my! Is this in that quirky w- research, or where did you find this?
1: Yes, I found it on his site. I'll oh, send us to you.
0: Okay.
1: He did, he did. He did a wild card game between Jacksonville and the Patriots. Two thousand six. He did that Steelers game you mentioned probably in 08. Yep. Yeah, he did uh, another Steelers Jacksonville game a couple years later. Wow.
0: Wow, wow, wow. That is fascinating stuff. Fascinating That's no doubt. Uh, so again, John <laughs> Madden, rest in peace. Betty Ru- Oh, Betty. Betty White rest in peace. Dan Reeves. Uh, Harry Reid rest in peace. Yeah,
1: Dan Reeves too. He died on January first. Like Jesus, yep. what a Everybody
0: wants, yeah, yep well, they say death comes in threes, and uh we just added a fourth one to it.
1: We think I mean we we pretty much we remember a lot of Vikings games um let's see what, I wonder what the last Vikings game he did
0: uh, well, it would have been a Sunday night football game,
1: I'm sure we remember it. What it okay, uh, I don't know if I remember this. I guess it was uh, 2008 uh, Bears-Vikings. Ah.
0: Sunday night. Oh, is that the game Bernard Berrien's 99-yard touchdown? Very likely. Yes, I think so because I think they called it uh, Peanut Tillman. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it's the 99-yarder. And then the
1: second to last one was a Washington game. They yep. played Washington.
0: Yep. yep, they flexed that game to Sunday night. I remember that one. I don't remember that game going very well. I don't. Did oh. the Vikings win that one? I think they did. I don't know. It, w- it was the
1: uh, guess second. To last, no. He did a few more games. One, two, three, four, five, seventh. The final game he did. Okay. So. Yeah, well, it was Vikings Bears last Vikings game he did, and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Three of the last eight games he did involved this team.
0: Arizona. The Chargers. Really? Okay, so I have the, we have probably have Colts, Chargers, the one game. I think uh, like Peyton Manning threw five interceptions or yep. something. Um,
1: week before that, they played Denver. Okay. Which must have been an important game, Week 17. Probably then uh, been month before the that, they played the center. Colts. So.
0: Okay. Wow. Wow. There you go.
1: There you go. That's fascinating. I don't who compiled this,
0: but uh, what a list. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Great list, great list. Uh, let's see, and we kind of ran through the gamut here. Uh, gamut, uh, anything else that we need to get to or haven't mentioned yet?
1: No, just getting back at it. Time off, so. Yes. Uh, Mitchell Boys in the top five. They're fifth now in A right. in the latest media poll. They lost uh, to the number one team in Wyoming. Uh Okay. So not a terrible loss, but um, they're very good. Their their offense is excellent. They're they're a good team and they're fun to watch and they got a good offense. So the best three things you could and have. It,
0: did they lose to that same team that the Mitchell girls beat? Didn't Mitchell girls beat some team from Wyoming?
1: Um they
0: lost on
1: Tuesday. They played Thunder Base in Wyoming, they both lost. Oh. And then on Wednesday, they played Campbell County, Wyoming, and they both won.
0: Ah, okay. That, maybe that's the last I think, thing. I think both teams
1: are from Gillette. Oh. Interesting. Um, so they, they played them last year. They played them this year again. So. Were there, uh, were the there any
0: point shaving from the teams from Gillette?
1: I hope not. I hope <laughs> not.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I mean, the, the girls game, very memorable, just a mess of a game. It was like 50 to 49. There were nearly 40 fouls there were just a ton ton of free throws every bump was a foul it's like it it was called it was called way too close so and then the boys game against Campbell County on Wednesday was a pleasure to watch it was like 84 79 up and down points 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 it was excellent basketball so Mitchell boys I'm very excited about them They've got uh, Harrisburg coming up Tuesday. Uh, that's a good test. I think they should win. That'll be a, a good test. And they've got Yankton Friday. They should also beat them. So, um, very optimistic about them. So very good. Very that's what good. I've got going on.
0: Well, uh, best of luck to you and all that stuff. It was good talking to you. Uh, happy birthday month ahead. And, uh, yes. Um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy everything this week. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you next week. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Great to hear from him after we missed out on a couple weeks there at the end of 2021. But a lot of good stuff there. A good talk about John Madden and Antonio Brown and uh, college football and stuff. And we will keep talking some college football here. We'll try and get Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert joining us here momentarily to recap his, or get some of his thoughts on the bowl games. Uh, the college football playoff games and uh, make a prediction ahead of the national championship game next week. That's all coming up here on the sports block podcast available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stackin. Facebook, Nathan Stacken, Travis is on Twitter at Travis Krins. a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. And we continue here with some more college football and wrap up with NFL talk as well. That's all coming up here next on the sports block podcast. The first of 2022 it's available on podcast.com. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block podcast, and pleased to be joined by my good friend and resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, none other than Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be—I think I was among the first to wish you a happy New Year last year, so let me be among the last to wish you a happy New Year this week.
2: Thank you. It's fun how we had a nice little uh, some symbol and there's some. Uh... A recurring bit there with the last year thing.
0: Exactly. We love it. We absolutely love it. Before we get into it here, I want to give you an update here. Uh, this week at church was not uh, not great on the college front. We had a North Dakota State sweatshirt and a Minnesota sweatshirt. So no awkward Gosh. or uh, peculiar colleges. No no Providence. No, uh, no Charlottes. No Georgia Southerns. It was just... Mundane freaking bison and uh, some good golden gophers.
2: Can't believe that there was a North Dakota State shirt.
0: I know it what the hell are people anger, thinking? Yeah. It's really disgusting. It really is. Bison, of course, play Montana State in uh, Frisco this week for the FCS uh, or the yeah the FCS championship. Uh, are you going to watch? Because I'm not. I am not going to watch it. Not a second
2: of it. I hate North Dakota State. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. If I somehow find out that North Dakota State's down by 14 in the second half, I might watch it then in hopes of watching them lose at the end. But outside of that, I'm not
0: going to. I think I'm only going to watch if they're trailing by 21 with three minutes left in the fourth quarter.
2: I think that's fair, too. (laughs) Yeah, the last thing either of us want is to go, oh my god, are they going to lose? and turn it there just to watch and fight their way back in and win at the end.
1: Oh
0: yeah, because that's that's inevitably what's going to happen. It happens all the time to our Earth. I our will favorite break team.
2: something tasteful if that happens. Yeah,
0: I, I can't do that. I can't. Will it be
2: something good. in my apartment? Will it be something in the Louvre? Will it be a famous U.S. statue? I don't know, but I'll break something. I'll be so angry.
0: <laughs> that's why I just can't watch it because I don't even want to get the hopes up. With it, uh, But we do have a national championship game just two days later, and it's a rematch of one from, I guess, it's already been four years. Is that true? That Georgia and Alabama played four years ago? It seems a lot... Uh, Gosh,
2: I guess that is right, because uh, Devontae Smith left, I think, after just three years in Alabama, and that was his first year. This is what I, one year after he left early. Yep. Yeah. But God, it does. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Yeah,
0: because Tua came in for Jalen Hurts and threw the touchdown in overtime. Because Jalen Hurts in the, the a
2: walk off touchdown in right, overtime. Right,
0: because yeah, the offense couldn't do much of anything there. So just really, really uh, crazy that that's already four years ago. It's funny. I've seen tweets about oh, you know the. You know, the South freaks out whenever the snow happens, but uh, the North freaks out whenever they win a uh, college football championship. And that's kind of fair because the North doesn't get it. But guess what? The North gets to crown a champion because the national championship is taking place in Indianapolis on Monday night. I believe 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN is a kickoff. It's going to be between Georgia and Alabama, a rematch of the SEC championship game. Uh, so let's just get into the your thoughts on the college football playoff because in a in a word or three, they weren't great. Uh, blowouts, especially Georgia over Michigan. Michigan maybe was just happy to be there. Uh, but Georgia looked impressive. I thought Cincinnati had opportunities to make it closer against Alabama, but they didn't take advantage of it. I'm thinking of the the goal to go when they were down seven nothing and then the interception in the second half where they had the ball at midfield, couldn't capitalize, and that was ultimately their demise. So uh, what were your overall thoughts of these two semifinal games?
2: Overall, I would say thank you to Georgia for making it a blowout early so I knew I didn't need to sit there and watch the entire thing. Yeah. I don't know if I, I – don't remember the last time I quit watching a playoff game in the first quarter. Granted, it, or maybe it was the early in the second quarter. But, oh yeah, that was uh, – I mean, I thought uh, – if there was going to be a close game, I thought it would be that one. And clearly, it was never going to be that game. Where Cincinnati, I mean, not that... I mean, I, I mean, they were down 17-0 at halftime. Not that that was, like, super close. But it did feel like, well, it's possible Cincinnati could get a big player do something and maybe... And, Georgia was very much just like, no, we're we're not even gonna let anyone think that this is gonna happen.
0: Well, how angry do you think Georgia was after losing that the way they did to Alabama in the SEC championship game? And I think we actually well, to... stacking based off the way they played, I would say pretty upset. I would too. I would as well. Unfortunately, they are now the favorites against Alabama, and we'll get to that national championship game here in, in a moment. But to, to go back to Cincinnati I would say that they performed admirably compared to some of the teams that we've seen make it to the college football playoff. I'm thinking like of a, of Notre Dame in the past, Michigan State. Uh, I mean, even Alabama, that Florida
2: State Jameis Winston team? Yeah, that got it. Ran out of the building by Oregon.
0: How about yeah? How about Oklahoma? Was that a couple of years ago against LSU, or even Oklahoma last year against Alabama? I mean. For all of the talk that, oh, Cincinnati, you know, it's a a group of five, school, they aren't going to do very good, I think they performed pretty well against the number one overall team in Alabama. Now, again, it was a 21-point loss for them, so it wasn't really close, but they hung in there for quite a while.
2: I'm not going to give them quite as much credit as you are, but we'll still give them some credit, but I'm also going to... Add on to that with the most important thing that I think that would have been the case if they would have played basically anybody in the country. So I don't, I, there, I know there was a, like some people saying, oh my gosh, this group Cincinnati can't play with them, shouldn't be in the playoff. And it's like, well, I don't think anybody, other than if, I mean, potentially Georgia could, but, you know, obviously we saw them play once and it was not that close. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly Cincinnati's not as good as Alabama. And they could possibly be the third best team in the country. They're just not one of the two best. And I think that's I I don't want to turn this into a how many teams should be in the playoff and what's the right number because quite frankly, the number's not the same every year. Some years you would need more and some need some years you would need less. Yep. I think mean, clearly this year there's really only two teams. Yep that I mean, outside of you know, an entire roster being sick of COVID, or seventeen players, you know, getting injured in two car accidents and not being able to play outside of something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I think it was going to take it was going to take a monumental effort for anyone to beat either of those two teams in the semifinals, the way they each play.
0: Do you think it's fair though to look at? I think that the expansion's needed because we've seen. A lot of blowouts in the semifinals of these playoffs over the years. I can't recall like a really close game off the top of my head. So you're
2: saying you want to expand so there's more teams to have fewer blowouts? Because I think if Alabama plays whoever's ranked eighth or twelfth or sixteenth, it's yes. gonna be even worse. No, They're gonna
0: no, win I, by six to eight. Yep, nope, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I think something has to change because we just get two blowouts. Maybe if you expand to eight, you might get a a close matchup in the four five or three six game, and maybe you won't. But we, we don't know. It just seems like every year, you know, we're hoping. Oh, let's let, you know, we're, we're going to jazz up this this uh, you know, we're going to pump up the uh this this game, the the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl, and then we just get a blowout and it's over relatively quickly i guess you know clemson and ohio state had a good one was that uh, two years ago yeah it um, was two years ago yep yeah, so that was a good one but that's a, that seems like a rarity in the overall grand scheme of things since the college football playoff began hey i will
2: say you're right that the semifinal games have rarely been close i think the only other ones off the top of my head i can think of are the georgia oklahoma game that went to overtime and Ohio State-Alabama in the very first
0: year. Yes, I might be missing
2: one, but those are the only other two. And I mean, like, good, close games. Not, eh, it was okay, and this team ended up winning by 17. But, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like, actual interesting games. I I agree there have not been very many. But B, putting man-made restrictions or changes to things isn't going to help the games be closer or not
0: closer.
2: Sure, They just sometimes are and sometimes won't be. Like, I would, you, I mean, I'm sure you remember when we were kids growing up, almost every Super Bowl was just a straight-up bloodbath of some team just murdering another team. Yeah, And it was, from what I remember, I think the first Super Bowl that was close that I ever saw was the year that the Broncos beat the Packers. And, yeah. but since then, I mean, we've had some blowouts over the last couple of years, but basically for the last 10 or 15 years, they've mostly been really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the way stuff like this goes. Sometimes they're not good games. Sometimes they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, college football had plenty of blowouts and national championship games in the BC, or for a while, before the BCS, and even early into the BCS. And then we had a few years where we had some pretty good ones in a row. But it's just, I think it's just always going to be like this. Yeah. Just because, and I mean, if if people want to add more because they want to see more games, you know, so be it. But in terms, if you if you want to add more games just to get more close games, like, I don't think it's going to help. I mean, sure, you might get a, a, if you have eight teams, a four or five game, or if you have 12 with buys, you know, you might get a seven, eight game. Some of those might be close, but I think at the end, there's probably going to be a lot of blowouts just because, it's so much based off talent and the teams that are the best and the way they keep changing rules over the years. Mm-hmm. Then by the years, I mean like the last 30, 40 years. They ultimately just benefit the teams that already are recruiting the best anyways.
0: mm-hmm That's a good point. Good point, yep. Um, yeah, so we have the National Championship game on Monday night here. Uh, again, we'll get to that here in a moment. couple other thoughts, though. Uh, just what, uh, how many, uh, confidence points did you have on the tax act Texas bowl between Kansas state and LSU? I did not get my pick switched, even though I picked Kansas state, I, for some reason had LSU. So I'm going to count it as a win for me, even though it doesn't show up as such in our bowl Pick'em uh, group on ESPN. What did you, did you think Kansas state was going to win or did you have LSU winning?
2: If I remember right, I had Kansas State winning, but it was low confidence points.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, well, we were both right then on that one. Uh, other thoughts from last week's bowl games. Uh, the, the Rose Bowl was a classic. Uh, Utah, unfortunately, couldn't hang on. And uh, I think that was easily the most memorable bowl game from last week, I mean, uh, you had a
2: uh, definitely agree.
0: Frank Beamer's son, uh, the head coach at South Carolina get dumped uh, took a Mayo shower after the Duke's Mayo Bowl win over North Carolina. So that was interesting. We had the awful quick, az-
2: quick thoughts on the Mayo. Yeah. I, ultimately, there were a lot of things that upset me about the mayonnaise thing. Most notably that ESPN was like, hey, oh, we're not going to show this live over the air. You have to download our app if you want to watch it live. Yeah, I agree. That's, which, that was stupid. Which, after hyping it up for days and weeks, was was fairly infuriating. Yes. Now, I knew that I could go on Twitter and someone else would have recorded it off that. You and I could to see it fairly it live. soon. But I thought that was incredibly annoying, mm-hmm. especially because they didn't let anyone know at of time. I think it was fair if you were going to say it a week ahead of time you're gonna have to download it on the app so people do it in advance so be it i still wouldn't want that
1: mm-hmm.
2: but was upset about that and then the other thing i didn't like based off the way the pouring the mayonnaise played out clearly they didn't ever practice it before ahead of time and if they did they practiced it with an empty gatorade jug because you could tell that they were like oh this is much heavier than we thought it would be <laughs> and they basically hit him in the back of the head with the jug and i just hope that he didn't get a minor concussion based off of that
0: yeah no that's a good point i think that overall for him not to get the mayonnaise in the face or the mouth is the best part of that because i would not want that are you a mayonnaise
2: person counterpoint i would say i wouldn't want it in mine but since it's happening to someone else i would think you would want it to get on their face right
0: uh are you a mayonnaise person or no
2: I did not like mayonnaise for a long time, and then there was a point in time I had a few fast food burgers that I would say did not put mayonnaise on it, mm-hmm. and they forgot it put it on anyways, and I, like, didn't notice as much anymore. Okay, So I will put... If I'm making a burger or a sandwich myself, and if I have mayonnaise, I will put it on that, but that's about it. So I, I went from not liking it to... I kind of like it on some things, but if I don't have it, it's certainly not a problem.
0: Would that fast food restaurant be the king?
2: Uh, no, it's the, I think it was the Hardee's on Hamilton.
0: Okay. Um, But that in, that Rose Bowl, going back to that instant classic, I thought Utah was going oh, to win.
2: I had a blast watch. Yeah, like you said, it looked like Utah was going to blow them out early. Then and then Ohio State all of a sudden figured some things out. Turns out Marvin Harrison's kid's pretty good at football. Yeah, don't you, you feel a little
0: that. don't you feel a little old watching that, knowing that his son is already in college?
2: Kind of. Yeah, I did have some of those thoughts. Uh, and also, I mean, I should say I was rooting for Utah the entire time. I was too. And was there was a point I don't remember how much? At some point in the fourth quarter, it was like, well, if they can do this, they can win. And it was just like the inevit- inevitability. I'm just being like, Charlie, it's not going to happen. You know Ohio State's going to win this game. Would you? Have- it very much felt like to be as the Dolphins fan yeah. in like the early 2000s. Most of the 20-odds, I guess. We would be like, oh my God, the Patriots are going to lose. They're down, <laughs> they're down six with a minute and a half left. It's like no, they're they're not going to lose. That's how they're going to drive down and they're going to score.
0: That's how Vikings fans feel with uh, any time Aaron Rodgers gets the ball. Uh, yeah, the yeah. So
2: yeah, you know how it is. Yep. And yep. it's just like, oh wait, and then you convince yourself, like, well, I don't know it's a long ways to go, and yep. it's just like it's it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Nope. Absolutely agree. Uh, I I wonder if Utah should have gone for two at the end there. But then again, Ohio State would have just driven down and kicked a field goal and won the game. I, I mean, I know Utah's secondary was awfully thin, but what wasn't there something else that they could have done to, I don't know, double cover uh, Smith and Jibway or Jibway, whatever is, uh uh, the name is, and Harrison. Yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
2: remember how you pronounce his last name either, but, but couldn't, yeah.
0: Couldn't you have rolled a safety over? Couldn't you have added like a, a second quarter? Couldn't you have done something to help either one of those guys? Because it was just time and time again. It's like, it's like taking candy away from a baby.
2: I mean, I think they could have done it, but Ohio State has plenty of other guys that if you put too much focus in one place, they'll just find someone open somewhere else. I think ultimately the biggest thing was, and again, this is always easier said than done. You know, this is what people always say when you're playing against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to say this, but it's a lot harder to do it. But basically, they just needed to get better, better pressure rushing the passer. Yeah, and if they weren't going to get that, which for the most part they didn't have a great pass rush, and you throw in the problems with this with a depleted secondary. I mean, in some ways, when we knowing what we know now. It's almost kind of surprising that Utah played as well as they did early on defense and yeah. had the lead. So yeah. It was like, ooh, things are looking good for
0: them. Yeah, it's almost like Ohio State wasn't like really ready for kickoff, or they didn't care initially, and then they're like, okay, yeah, now we're gonna care and, and turn things on. But that was a wonderful game. Then we got the Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss. Matt Corral gets injured, and I guess that's where it really goes because we've there's been so much debate on Twitter. Uh, headed into the week, and Danny Connell, uh, um, formerly of ESPN. I think now he's on CBS Sports still, though I don't know for how much longer because it appears he's trying to get, uh, trying to, I don't know, do an audition tape or something for some conspiracy network or something. I, I don't know, but his takes are just so bad right now and talking about, oh, guys don't love the game or, you know, should be staying and not talking – coaches and stuff. And then you had Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard talking on game day about, you know, that, that these players nowadays just don't love the game of football as much. And I think you can look at it, I think both arguments can be right that maybe uh, that, you know, college football players maybe don't love these bowl games if it's not a college playoff game or a big bowl like the Rose Bowl or anything like that. I think you can say that, but also look at the, how college football has changed. It's far more of a business, and these kids are making business decisions because you don't want to risk injury and lose potentially millions of dollars, especially when college football is making billions of dollars a year. I mean, the, the guys are just looking out for their own point, and that leads me back to Matt Corral, who gets injured, and who knows how much it's going to affect his draft stock, Um I don't think the injury is significant, but I mean, it was enough for him to be on crutches, uh, and because he had to leave the game. And Danny Canoe's like, "Oh, it's not going to affect his draft stock or anything like that." But that's ex- the, the Matt Corral injury is the exact reason why these guys are pulling out of these high or out of these bowl games because they don't want to risk the injury and losing millions of dollars.
2: It's why they're doing it, but A, I'll say I always hate when people do that. I'm selfish and I want them to entertain me. Yeah. And that's why I But I, but I, I understand why they're doing it. Um, I will say that I think there's a good chance it won't affect his draft stock, especially since he's a quarterback. I think at other positions it could affect it more. You know, if you're a receiver, a defensive back, or a running back, you get a leggage. Right, a it, it, injury it certainly could affect it a fair amount. It's more. Although so, it's worth noting that Willis McGahee tore his ACL in the Fiesta Bowl and still got picked in the first round.
0: Yep. But like Jalen so Smith you never know for Notre, sure. Jalen Smith from Notre Dame, Jake Butt, the tight end from Michigan, and it, it's more. It's not even so much the corral point, but it's the corral getting injured. And like people are pointing to that, saying like this is why some of these other players are pulling out because they don't want to risk the injury. And I think if a player wants to play in a bowl game and and, and risk injury, that's fine. All the more power to him. But if they're looking at this and saying I and I agree, I wish they would play, but I get it from the standpoint that they don't want to potentially risk injury and lose out on. Being a first or second round pick, and maybe go down to the fifth or sixth, maybe seventh, or even undrafted, and potentially alter their career forever.
2: I will also counter with this. I don't think most players don't want to play. I think most players' parents or friends or the person who's their agent, but they haven't actually signed yet because that'd be against the rules, mm-hmm. or people like that are saying don't play. I think to be at the level of a divisional, a power five athlete, because for the most part, I think it's just power five guys that do that. I don't, not, I mean, you could have group five guys do it and others sit up too, but it's mostly just guys yep. at power five schools. To be good enough that you're there and you're going through everything and you're good enough to get drafted, usually you're to the point where you've really, it's you really have to like football to play it at that point. Mm -hmm. Like put that much time and effort to it. So uh, I I do think that it's it's generally not them. It's someone saying, No, I'm telling you, you really shouldn't do that. Who that is, you know, like I said, whether it's, you know, a parent or some other family member or someone like that. I do think it's it's almost always someone else saying that. Because their first thoughts always like, Well, no, of course I'd want to play. Why wouldn't I want to play in this game? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, in terms of like players not caring about football now as much as they did like 40 years ago, I think it's true and it's not true. And The way it is true, it's not the way that I think Herb Street or Desmond Howard, who I've never really liked Desmond Howard, say. I think in some ways it's just because there's more options and there's more stuff to do. That.
0: Yeah, I, and I think if you're going to have that conversation, you need to also look at the coaches that are leaving. You also need to look at the schools like Oklahoma and Texas that are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. This cannot be just a players only discussion. That I, mean.
2: I mean options like when we were growing up, you if you had cable, yep. you had 40 channels. right? And that was it. Yep. And and now like not just you have more channels, you know, you've got YouTube and yep. TikTok and like just thousands of other things and there's far more options to do stuff. And it's just easier to get distracted.
0: Yep. No, and what I'm saying, though, is that you can't just call out the players. You have to call out the coaches in these universities that are also part of this ongoing changing landscape. And you can't just, like I say, call out the players for not loving the game. You also have to call out the Oklahomas and Texases for not loving the game and not loving the Big 12 and going to the SEC you got to look at guys like Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley for leaving and going to like you can't you got to call these guys out too if you're also going to call out some of the players that's that's my stance on it um but neither here nor there like i said we do have the national any other thoughts on the bowl games from last week before we get to the national championship game
2: I don't remember, did we talk about the Brian Kelly thing while recording or was that before we started?
0: Uh, That was before we started. You're talking about the Boston accent?
2: Yeah, so just if anyone didn't hear this, Brian Kelly apparently might be the biggest liar in the history of college football.
0: Well, that is saying something.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that lightly. But just if anyone didn't see that, you know, he's the new LSU coach but didn't coach in the bowl game against Kansas State briefly was up in the uh the broadcast booth talking to the guys during the game. Which I think always happens when a coach gets fired or leaves and then they have a new guy there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, let's bring him in and he can talk during the ball game. This yep. would be great. Virginia, and Tex- were, Virginia Tex- Tex- up, a new Virginia well, ref- I think Brian Kelly brought it up that, you know about trying to or, you know, trying to get some five star quarterback recruit and there was video of him dancing or something and he said something to the effect of like, Yeah, I mean He's a five-star, and he wants you to dance, he danced, so he can try to sign him, man or something, to that effect. And then he brought up, uh, Brian Kelly brought up about how, you know, the first LSU basketball game he was at, he was on the microphone and said family, weird." said it like family, like he was trying to be Southern or whatever. And then basically said something about accents, which this is the most ludicrous thing I've maybe ever heard in my life. When he, You know, he brought up that, he said that, and then said something to the effect of, I'm from Boston, people like me from Boston don't have accents. And it's like, well, that's just literally not true. Boston if you can pick any general accent, like, if you can pick any specific accent as being noticeable and sticking out in the entire country, people would say, oh, it's Boston accent. Yes,
0: oh, absolutely. It's either, it's Boston, New York, and then a Southern accent. Oh, like a Southern But Southern's draw.
2: different, because Southern is much more... There's a lot of different Southern yes. accents. I mean, no, right. If, yep. if we were There's, gonna go not in a specific like place, yep. but just a region, yep. then you could say Southern accents one. Yes. But if we were gonna go like a state or even you know just a city or a state, yep. I think it would definitely be Boston and the parking your car by Harvard Yard yeah. and all of that
0: Park stuff. Park the car by Harvard Yard. Hey, yeah. how about Mark Wahlberg there? Hey Tom Brady, hey, Let's go. I assume
2: the only reason they ever had Nomar Garcia para was just how much fun they had saying his name. Yeah.
0: Nah, nah, I want no ma what, no, what? You want no more? What? No, I want no ma. What? Again, what do you want? No ma, I want no. Whatever. Anyway, we could do a bid on this all day long. Yeah, that's that's ludicrous. Brian Kelly. I don't think it's going to work well for him in LSU.
2: It's the equivalent of someone being like, "Well." You know, I was on. I was out in Sweden, but you know, there aren't any. There aren't any attractive blonde from Sweden. <laughs> Not in this country. No.
0: Yeah, uh, I, this Brian Kelly experiment's just going down the drain uh, already. Uh, I. We'll see. He better bring in some uh, some great recruits because, or maybe he just needs to stop getting in front of a microphone.
2: Maybe that I mean that that's, better. He better not have any four and eight seasons at LSU like he did at Notre
0: Dame. No, no, they will not go for that at all. But I think he's actually on a little bit of a tight, I don't know, maybe they'll give him a little bit of time. I have no idea. I don't think this experiment, though, is going to go very well for him at all. They'll
2: give him a little bit of time if he wins more games than year one. In LSU won games this year. Well, this is
0: the first year that they were sub 500 since 1999, or maybe it's the second season since 1999, a sub 500 record. I think yep. the, one of the two. They are both trying to get to where Alabama and Georgia are, and that's the national championship game. Again, taking place in Indianapolis on Monday night. We've seen this once before in the national championship game four years ago. But far more recent was the SEC championship game in Atlanta just back uh, about a month ago. And Georgia had a 10-0 lead. And we're like, oh, okay, here's Georgia. You know, They're putting the clamps on Alabama's offense. And Alabama scores a touchdown right away to begin the second quarter. And they didn't stop from there. They attacked Georgia's secondary, which is the weakest point on this great Georgia defense. And Stetson Bennett, the fourth, in the Georgia offense, couldn't keep up. He didn't have a great game. Alabama is once again an underdog, and that's never a good thing because Alabama, as an underdog, takes that yummy rat poison, as uh, Nick Saban would say, and turns that into the the greatest of motivations that you can possibly use, arguably in college football, for whatever reason. Uh, so that that's where we stand. I don't know what's going to be different. I think Georgia's going to play better. And Alabama, because they don't have John Mechie, the wide receiver, I don't believe they have one of their corners, I don't think they're going to be able to put up as many points. I don't think they'll be as good. But isn't it somewhat crazy to expect a different result considering Georgia had them in the national championship game four years ago and couldn't you know, finish the deal? We've seen them in the SEC championship game now a few years and they can't finish the deal why would this be any different?
2: Well, Stackin, I give you a couple reasons it might be. First off, do you remember the last rematch in a national title game?
0: Uh, that be Clemson. Uh, are we talking com- like Clemson? No, I
2: mean rematch in the same season, not rematch oh. from the year before. I mean a rematch from a game they played earlier that season.
0: Sure, uh, I do not.
2: It was in two thousand eleven. When LSU beat Alabama mm. in regular, or in overtime in the regular season. Yes, okay. And then Alabama won 21 to nothing in the national title game.
0: On seven field goals, wasn't it? Or uh, cl- close to it? Five field goals? It was goals? not. It
2: was three touchdowns, but it was a very gross game.
0: Oh, okay. It was bad. It was an
2: awful game to watch. It was. Do you know the last time? Now, before 1998, before the BCS. Mm hmm. You could say they weren't always necessarily national title games and things got weird, And but there were still times that teams that were ranked one and two or one and three and, like, the number two team lost, so if the number three team won, they would have won the national title. Mm-hmm. With that aside, do you know the next time there was a rematch in the national title game from a gamer?
0: I don't, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me.
2: It was in 1996. Okay. Florida State beat Florida in the regular season. Mm. He was like 24 to 16 or something. It was kind of a goofy score. I don't remember exactly, but Florida State won, and it was by one possession.
0: Danny Warfel, is that the Sugar Bowl year? Yep.
2: Yep. And then in the bowl game, Florida beat Florida State, and uh, this was a weirder score. If I remember right, I think it was like 56 to 26. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, just beat the snot out of them. Maybe it was 46-26, but won by more than 20 points. So, when you get really, really good teams, and the team that loses has a chance to get a win in the championship game, it doesn't always happen, but there is precedent for, like, oh, You're giving us a second shot. I don't know if we're going to waste this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can even go – I mean, I don't know. if It happens more often in the NFL. But I suppose you could say it's like 07 with the Giants and the Patriots kind of, sure. Sure. in a way. But there's just times it's just like, well, you got us once. We're going to change some things, and we'll see how much different it looks. And I – look, I'm going to still take Alabama to win. I think Alabama's got a better quarterback. Who proved he can beat George's defense? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play. It's going to be or he's going to play as well as he did in uh, December. But I think he can do it. And at the end of the day, I think George can have some success passing, but not enough to bank on to win. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a closer game. I mean, I, I do not. I mean, for all the talk about how great Saban is, and I think he's clearly a better head coach than Kirby Smart. I think you could make a case Kirby Smart knows as much about defense as Nick Saban now.
0: Yep, certainly. And I
2: do not think that Kirby Smart's just going to say, well, we didn't play great the last time. Let's not change anything and just show up and hope it works better this time. If that I works- mean, clearly they're going to do something different. Yeah, My guess is that they will. If I remember right, I think they kind of sat back and thought, we'll let our front seven stop the run and take care of, you know, rushing with four yep. and – drop guys in coverage, and help them out that way. My guess is they'll probably get more blitz-heavy this time and be like, hey, let's bring, you know, five or six and disguise where it's coming from. Bryce Young, even though he's a Heisman winner, is still a relatively young quarterback. Let's see if we can confuse them. And I bet they would have some success doing it. And I think it'll be lower scoring. But I would still say that I think Alabama's going to win, like, like... In a painful, like, 24-20 way. Okay. Where it's like, oh, wow, we got to stop. All we need to do is drive down the field and win. And, like, two plays in, they throw a really dumb interception.
0: (laughs) Well, if Georgia doesn't do anything, then can we call him, instead of Kirby Smart, Kirby Dumb? I mean, I think that's a...
2: If they don't change anything, then yeah. yeah, we definitely should do
0: that. So you're picking Alabama. I think I am reluctantly going with Alabama as well, but you better believe that I'm gonna change I'm gonna be cheering for Georgia and I want Georgia to win it all.
2: I also will be cheering for Georgia and want them to win as well. So, I mean, I don't know if I really want them to win a national title, but I would rather have them win it than Alabama win
0: it. Absolutely. That, that would just be like, I don't really want to see James Madison or Sam Houston State win a national championship, but I'd prefer them over North Dakota State. I mean, that's, yeah. that's easily... I mean,
2: uh, the only thing I can think of and compare it to in, in collegiate sports, at least collegiate sports that people walk, watch closely, at the highest level would be is that this must be what our parents felt like when, you know, it was the 60s or early 70s. It was like, oh, is UCLA going to lose this time in the national tournament? It's like, yep. no, they're not, they're not going to.
0: No, 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 it's like, I don't know.
2: This other team's good. It's like, nope, they're going to beat them. That's, yep. This is what they're going to do.
0: It only took a Notre Dame, I believe, to upend UCLA the one year. So give me two or three keys then that Georgia needs to do if they want to pull off this victory then, different from – um, different from when they met in Atlanta.
2: I think they need to get pressure on Bryce Young. Like, that's just no questions asked. they got to find a way to do it. Even if that means sometimes putting your secondary in risky positions, you've got to make him uncomfortable. If you let him get comfortable, you know, and you can say this almost universally with any quarterback, mm-hmm. even the quarterbacks that won Heismans that didn't play well in big games, usually it was because there were guys in their face all day long you let a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback give them time to get comfortable and throw it, they're going to pick you apart.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Offensively, I think you're going to have to find a way to run the ball fairly successfully. I don't think they're going to need 250 rushing yards, but I think they're going to have to run well enough that Alabama can't just say, like, well, we can easily sit back and... Let them throw all day because there's no way that their quarterback can beat us.
0: Well, the good news is that they have three guys that can beat you a number of different ways, like you, that, or that could go off for a hundred plus yards, right? I mean, it's not like they just have to rely on one guy solely. You mean for the running backs? For, for Georgia, yeah. For Georgia's running yeah. backs, they have a, like a three headed monster.
2: But yeah, and, and, yeah. You, you you don't need one guy with a hundred. You could have three guys with sixty,
0: right? But and any one of them work. could go off for a hundred. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're on the same page there.
2: Yeah, that that would help, and, then, and more importantly, is you want it so that they can hopefully open up the passing game. Give give Bennett, who I think is a decent quarterback. I don't think he's fantastic, but he's decent with talent around him. Give him throws that aren't. As difficult to make because he's, he's not going to be able to make some of the throws that Young can. He's just not as good of a passer. But so I, basically I would say those three, and, you know, again, this is always easier said than done. But you got to get pressure on Alabama's quarterback. You're going to have to be able to run it fairly well. I don't think it's going to need to be, you know, you average five and a half yards a carry and grind them to dust. But you're going to need to be able to have some success running it so then, that it hopefully opens up the passing. And then, I guess, you do those three things and don't lose the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. I think if you do those four, Georgia has a great shot at winning it. But again, it's really tough to beat Alabama in championship games.
0: I really like that we have two southern fan bases having to come up north to the cold. I think it's going to be 26 for the high right now, Monday, in Indianapolis. I wish it was like 10. But uh, I'll take twenty six and just watch him freeze to death outside.
2: Yeah, but they're gonna close the dome, right? So they are, but they still, are, but nice they still have to—they
0: still have to walk into the dome. That's wow. Well, that, yeah, that's that, true. That's more or less the the funny part to me in all of this. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they'd have the national championship game in in Indianapolis or Minneapolis or wherever if the if the dome wasn't closed. But it should be good, and hopefully, uh, we get that. That good game. And let me just ask one more question. You know where we
1: should make them play?
0: Where?
2: Barrow, Alaska, which I think is the northernmost town in North America.
0: (laughs) Uh, In June, would the the field be thawed by then? Nope. Nope. Right now. Okay. Wow. Uh, Right now,
2: January, what is today? January 6th? 5th? 5th, yeah. Yeah. We'll give them until tomorrow. January 6th. All right. Eight degrees raw temperature, minus 25 wind chill. Like, deal with it.
0: Yeah, you got to get a lot of lights because I'm pretty sure it's completely dark up there now. Uh, Just real quickly, do you think this season would be any different for Georgia? Or do you think the outcome, like, that you would have a different outlook on this game? If JT Daniels was healthy for the season and they didn't have to rely on Stetson Bennett? Because Daniels had a shoulder injury, I think, and that's why... You know, It was like a pinched nerve or something, and he, I, I don't know if he's still dealing with it or if they're just riding with Stetson Bennett because he's was able to step in so well. But do you think if Daniels were healthy or if he were the starting quarterback, things would would be a little different for Georgia? I
2: think that things would not be different, but I think people would be more optimistic. Mm-hmm. Just because he was okay. a bigger name that was better in high school, they would they oh, well, he's got the talent to do it, he just needs to do it. Where I don't think he, I don't think they would be dramatically better starting him instead of Stetson Bennett, but I, I could be wrong on that. And uh, like I'm not knocking him; I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. I think he and Bennett will probably both get drafted, although not really, really early. But that they just Georgia just doesn't have the guy that's like, oh wow, we're scared shitless whenever this guy like has time and sets his feet and throws. Sure, I mean like. You know, like, the view you get watching football, usually on TV, it's the sideline deal where you can see the front seven. You can rarely see the defensive backs unless they throw, like, a screen right away. Mm-hmm. And if your team's not great on pass defense, which I'm sure both of us have had years, you know, good, but also bad years with teams we root for for pass defense. Mm-hmm. And that feel. Oh,
0: do this Charlie again. We might have. Charlie? We'll try and get Charlie back here. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, yes, now I can. Yep, yep. The, the fear of uh, having a bad uh, pass secondary uh, on a team we cheer for, that's, uh, that's when we lost you. Yeah.
2: When you have the bad secondary, and then you see it where the quarterback throws like off, off screen from the camera, so deeper than where the camera is, and that feeling you get of, oh, no, they're throwing it to a wide-open guy right now. Mm-hmm. I think that Bryce, that, that Alabama has that, that quarterback that gives you that feeling. Yep. I don't think Georgia does. And I think there's just, you know, there's there's 20 guys in college football every year like that. And they're hard to get, and Georgia just doesn't have one of them.
0: Not yet anyway, but maybe maybe down the line. They haven't had one since Matthew Stafford. Yeah,
2: you know what I mean though, yeah, I'm sure oh, plenty yeah, of times yeah, with yeah. the Vikings where, where Aaron Rodgers or before him Brett Favre would throw it and you could see how the fall was, the trajectory of the ball, that it was going more than 15 yards and you just get that feeling of oh no, yeah. oh no, oh no, this is not going to be good. And frequently it's fine, it's an incomplete pass and you're like oh, whew, sigh of relief, but there's just that oh no, not this guy, I've worked through if this guy's throwing it deep.
0: Oh absolutely, absolutely. Well, we hope, we'll hope for a good national championship game, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll catch up next week after said national championship game and get some uh, immediate reaction to it. Hopefully it's a great game. Enjoy the Cheez-Its. Enjoy the Dr. Pepper. Enjoy everything else uh, with it. Enjoy all the, the refreshing adult beverages. And uh, uh, thanks, as always, for joining me, my friend. Uh, uh, always appreciate the time. And, uh, like I said, enjoy the national championship. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you later, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join me here to talk about the national championship game. So he is Alabama. I'm picking Alabama reluctantly. I picked him at the beginning of the season. I want Georgia to win, but until someone knocks off Alabama, you got you gotta pick him. And Georgia has really struggled lately with beating Alabama. And so with that, let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with we'll a look back at week 17. We're gonna make some picks for week 18. What? what? Where did the season go? I don't know. But we're going to get uh, going. Week 17, uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles trailed 16-7 at the half against Washington. Jalen Hurts helps lead them back down. Uh, I mean, he didn't throw a touchdown, but the Eagles win 20-16. to uh, But Hurts saved his best performance for after the game when the railing at FedEx Field, which is just a dump of a stadium, uh, it broke. Fans spilled out onto the field. He helped them up. He took some selfies. Great job there. And then he wrote a letter to the NFL as a follow-up, like, hey, what the hell's going on here? Washington Stadium sucks. Okay, I added that part, but you get the drift. Uh, great job in the Philadelphia. 9-7, Washington Falls to 6-10. Oakland Earth. Oi, Oak, I need to put a dollar in the, the jar here. Las Vegas Raiders topped the Indianapolis Colts 23-20. Carson Wentz had COVID and stuff, but was ready for this game. Uh, he didn't play very well. In fact, he sucked. Uh, he was not good at all. He was lucky to throw a touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton. Tip pass, a r- couple of Raiders dropped. Raiders made a good defensive stand late in the fourth quarter. Forced the Colts into a field goal, and then they drove down. Uh, Derek Carr hit Hunter Renfro for uh, what was called a touchdown in the field. They said he was down. They kicked a game-winning field goal, and they win 23-20. Atlanta uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Atlanta Falcons 29-15. The Bills, uh, Josh Allen ran for a couple touchdowns, but threw three picks and four passes uh, in the middle of this game. wasn't great, and the Falcons actually had a 15-14 lead. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep it up, though, and the Bills wake up and win 29-15. L.A. Rams struggling again, this one on the road at Baltimore. They uh, the Matthew Stafford threw a pick six in this one. That was the only touchdown the Ravens could muster, though four field goals. They had to start Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson, which certainly didn't help. Matthew Stafford does throw two interceptions, but does lead the Rams down the field, throwing a game-winning touchdown to Odell Beckham Jr. as the Rams prevail 20-19. Game of the day, arguably, in Cincinnati, where the Chiefs had a 14-0 lead, and then it was the Jamar Chase show. Chase, the rookie wide receiver from LSU, had 266 yards receiving and three touchdowns, plucking balls out of the air. This game really changed late in the the contest. The Bengals facing a third and 27. Chiefs go all-out blitz. Just a a burrow with a great pass uh, down the sideline to Chase. Made the catch. The Bengals would win on a uh, game-winning field goal with no time remaining, and they win the AFC North as a result. Chiefs fall out of the one spot thirty, uh, with that 34-31 loss. Bears beat the Giants 29-3. Mike Glennon, absolutely horrific. Had only, what, 24 yards passing, two interceptions, two four, uh, two fumbles lost. He was terrible. Bears, David Montgomery had a couple of touchdowns. They were just fine. They win 29-3. Patriots put up a 50-burger on the Jacksonville Jaguars 50-10. to Trevor Lawrence struggled mightily in this one. Can't take much away from this win for the for the Patriots. Uh, they're just a much better team than the Jaguars, who are awful. The Titans are the number one seed now in the AFC because, in part, because the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, but also because the Titans uh, demolished the Miami Dolphins 34 to three in the rain. They didn't have a upset this time. They got good performances from their defense and a solid performance uh, on offense. From all involved, and they get the 34-3 win. Buccaneers beat the Jets 28-24. Tom Brady leads a touchdown drive at the end with no timeouts left. 15 seconds, he throws the game-winning touchdown. This is after Zach Wilson got stuffed on the 4th and 2 QB sneak. Never should have been called. But we're talking about Antonio Brown in this one. He leaves the game. Uh, He's just a puke. Now, some are, some reports are that the ankle injury that he had uh, probably shouldn't have been playing in this game. So maybe that's why the Bucks haven't released him yet as of, of now, January 5th. But, but we'll see. I, I don't know. This is a situation that bears watching. but he's no longer a member of the Bucks, according to head coach Bruce Arians. Chargers get the 34-13 win over the Denver Broncos. Easy win for them. Austin Eckler had a touchdown. Justin Herbert threw two touchdowns. Andre Roberts kickoff return for a touchdown. They overwhelm a bad Broncos team. 49ers beat the Houston Texans 23-7. Trey Lance got the start in this one, the rookie quarterback from North Dakota State and via uh, hometown of Marshall, Minnesota. Wasn't great. They didn't score a touchdown until the third quarter, but once they did, the offense got going. They end up putting 23 points on the board and beat the Texans 23-7. New Orleans Saints get an 18 10 win over the Carolina Panthers. Kicked four field goals to start the game, and then uh, they got a touchdown late from Alvin Kamara. The Panthers actually had a 10 9 lead. Sam Darnold played okay in this one, but offense just couldn't get much going here down the stretch, and they lose 18 10. Seattle Seahawks in what could be the last home game of the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era. Russell Wilson throws for like 400 yards. He was great uh three touchdowns and the uh the three touchdowns to DK Metcalf Rashad Penny had a big day rushing the football and the Seahawks crush the Lions 51 to 29. Kyler Murray has never lost at Jerry World he is 8-0 now 5-0 in high school 2-0 in college or 1-0 in college and 2-0 now in the NFL the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22 Murray uh, had a good game Chase Edmonds fumbled late the refs called him down. The Cowboys couldn't challenge it because it was outside of two minutes and they were out of timeouts. That could have changed the way this game ended, but the Cardinals ultimately prevail. 25-22. Vikings lose to the Packers on Sunday Night Football, 37-10. Sean Mannion got the start for the unvaccinated Kirk Cousins who was out because of protocols. Wasn't great. Uh, Garrett Bradbury with a nice catch and run. The center for the Vikings uh, caught a deflected pass and ran like he knew what he was doing, but Aaron Rodgers, too strong. Packers win 37-10. And then Ben Roethlisberger playing in his final home game at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Steelers beat the Browns 26-14. Bad day for Baker Mayfield, the Browns' starting quarterback. He's actually going to miss the final regular season game as he goes to get shoulder surgery because it's pretty messed up. And the Steelers get the win in Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. As we go to week 18 now. It's the extra week. It's how it's going to be here moving forward until we go to 18 games. But begins on Saturday, a doubleheader on ESPN. Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Chiefs need a win to put pressure on the Titans for that AFC uh, number one spot in the AFC. They're going to win. They won't get the number one seed, but they'll get the win here. Chiefs win over the Broncos. Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Eagles are in. They have nothing to play for, really. The Cowboys can still try and get uh, a higher seed. They need to win after last week's loss. Give me the Cowboys in this one. Baltimore uh, Ravens hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers then on Sunday. This begins our Sunday slate, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS If Lamar Jackson plays, I like the Ravens. If he doesn't, I think the Steelers probably win to keep their playoff hopes alive, but it's going to be awfully difficult here. I'm leaning Ravens right now. They don't want the Steelers in the playoffs, but we'll we'll see. Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Who knows who's starting at quarterback? Is it going to be Kellen Mond? Is it going to be Kirk Cousins? Sounds like it's Kirk. I, like... Who wants to win? The Bears seem to want to win more here now. The Vikings are just kind of done. Give me the Bears in this one to beat the Vikings. Uh, the Washington football team at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on Fox. Washington is better offensively than the Giants, who are just atrocious. That's the reason why I will take the football team. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on CBS. Titans have everything to play for for the one seed they will exact revenge on the Texans and get the job done. I like Houston, or I like Tennessee, excuse me, to beat Houston in this one. Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern Central Time on Fox. Packers have nothing to play for. The Lions, if they lose and the Jaguars' win, would get the number one overall pick in the draft. But the Lions are going to play hard. I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers is going to play in this one. I'm kind of leaning towards the Lions here, but we'll still take the pack for now. Um, we'll see, though. Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I was going with Cincinnati in this one, but now Joe Burrow's not playing. He's going to rest up his, his knee. They have some COVID concerns. No Baker Mayfield for the Browns. But given that it's going to be some guy named Kyle Allen starting for the Bengals, I know he started for them before, but it's still a guy named Kyle Allen. I think I'm leaning towards Cleveland here now, actually, to get the win. Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Crazy stat, I think, here. Do you know the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014? Like, last year, the Jaguars won one game. It was week one, and it was against the Indianapolis Colts. The... Don't just think that the Colts are going to walk into Jacksonville and get the win. I'm taking the Colts because they need to win to get into the playoffs. But this is not a, a shoe in by any stretch. And then we get to the late afternoon window. Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Panthers suck. The Bucs still have uh, seating to play for. Give me the Bucs. San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. San Francisco not guaranteed a playoff spot yet. That's why uh, you got New Orleans in here, too. Mm-hmm. If New Orleans wins and San Francisco loses, the Saints are in. The 49ers are out. The Rams, they still have something to play for. Rams, I think it's a job done. I'm going to take the Rams, though. It's going to be awfully close. 49ers have a lot to play for here. Their playoff lives on the line. Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Cardinals, you got to keep winning here. They could still win the NFC West if they win and the Rams lose. That's why got to go with the Cardinals here over Seattle. New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Patriots. They have a lot to play for. The AFC East is still on the line. The Dolphins, they're done. Give me the Patriots. Even though they don't win in Miami very often, they struggle down there, I will still take the Patriots. New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Saints again playing for their playoff lives. The Falcons looking to play. Spoiler... They don't. These teams don't like each other, so expect the Falcons to give a, a great effort here. I'm actually leaning towards the Falcons here, but the Saints are going to find a way to win it in the end. i got to go with the Saints. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Jets suck. The Bills playing for the AFC East. Give me the Bills in this one. And then to cap it all off, the Sunday night football game, the Chargers against the Raiders, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I think it's it's a, if the Jaywires win, if they beat the Colts, and the Ravens beat the Steelers. Should the Chargers and Raiders end in a tie, both the Chargers and Raiders would make the playoffs. I kind of want to see that happen just for the sheer, like, but these teams hate each other. It's not going to happen, but both could get in. The Chargers are the better team, but the Raiders are playing some good football right now. Do you trust the Chargers here? Yes, we're going to trust Justin Herbert and company to get the job done, going with the Chargers over this. And that does it for your Week 18 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com, and our Football Friday post, the last Football Friday post for the 2021-2022 NFL regular season. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We covered a lot, talked a lot about the college football playoffs and bowl season, Antonio Brown, the Bad Vikings, everything. You can find us available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at and Facebook NathanStackin. Travis Crinz is on Twitter at Travis Crins, Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Follow them, great follows there. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Enjoy the national championship on Monday uh enjoy we'll we'll react to it then so we will get some reaction next week enjoy the last week of the nfl regular season black monday's coming so we'll see what happens there with all these head coaches uh getting fired i'm guessing mike zimmer will be one but enjoy it all and we will be back next week to recap it all and react to it so for all of us here at the sports block podcast for myself and travis and charlie and i'm nathan thank you so much for listening Hope you have a great week. Stay warm out there. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.